0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC.
1: Certainly, it's nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday, the 17th of January. My God, it's all going on, isn't it? I tell you, the world of celebrity, I don't think we can go any further. I think we've just about pushed it out. Uh, Nicola McLean, who was so drunk in the Big Brother house that she came on to little Jamie, who's now coming on to to, um, Bianca, Bianca Nomark. And uh, then they kicked out Jasmine Waltz. They've kicked her out basically because she was just disgusting. I mean, seriously, you know, if she's still got parents who are living, they must be heartily embarrassed by the whole sordid thing. And then Amir Khan. Amir Khan. Surely not a sex tape. Surely not. God, his parents are going to be thrilled with that one, aren't they? They hated the wife. So much shows she had to go on television to try and explain how awful they were to her. I wonder what they're going to be saying to their gorgeous son if the sex tape is true. Apparently there could be three of them. Oh, dear me. I mean, how much worse does it get? A lot. A lot worse. Even more exciting, Nicola Hughes, the old drunk in the Big Brother house, uh, the one with all the hair who still thinks she's some sort of glamour model, but really, she's just really disgusting, and she was coming on to Jamie O'Hara, who's coming on to Bianca Gascoigne. He'll come on to just about anybody. She's only a, a manageress standing behind a desk. What tickets? See the girl stripping? OK, in here, darling, in here. This is, I mean, what a class act. What a class act. But anyway, it turns out that little, little Tom, who is Nicola's husband, was whining and dining another little lady the other day. And when, and when the press got a picture of him, I mean, you know, a bit stupid, obviously, he sticks a finger up. <laughs> I mean, you can't help feeling... Listen, if you are going to cheat, and I don't know if she's a friend or if she's known or she's the nanny, I don't know, I've got no idea. But if you're going to take somebody out for dinner, why don't you just do it at home? Doesn't that sort of make it easier? Order takeaway pizza, get a pizza in. So take her out somewhere, just make yourself look a bit stupid. And sticking your finger up at somebody, you know, a photographer, taking a picture, which they're going to put in the papers. It's only because nobody knows who you are, dear. You know, if we knew who you were, it would be completely uh, different. Jordan's NAF calendar. Jordan revealing everything. Mm, Sorry. Uh, The addict nurse who nicked the drugs. Uh, The man left with burns after a a Nutra bullet exploded. I've always wanted to get one as well. (laughs) That's the interesting thing. Uh, Coffee is the key to a longer life. Drink the coffee, Stephen. Drink the coffee. And um, what was the other one? Oh, yes. The million-pound drug dealers. Husband and wife on benefits. Fantastic, isn't it, really? They've only got to pay back about 40 grand. It's not bad, is it? I'm thinking of doing it myself. Like, you can't believe it, can you? What is the law in this country? The law that, that says that, you know, you deal, you make a million pounds out of drugs, and then when they catch you, you go, I haven't got anything... And so they say, oh, just pay back a pound or whatever. You feel like it, you know, have the rest of it on us. Go on, you've you've deserved it. That's what it comes down to. Uh, The school-run mum, the driveway to hell. She sounds like a horrible person. Uh, Piers Morgan is the tool that finally fixed breakfast telly. And uh, Honey... I shrunk my fans. Yes, poor old Honey G. The singing career? Nowhere. The old fraud. Nowhere. Didn't even... Nobody could be bothered with it. So she's bringing out a range of clothing. Don't waste your time and money. Really don't waste your time and money. It's not worth it. Not worth it at all. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, the other one was still a black statue unveiled in Liverpool. Quite nice. Near to where the ta- the uh, the cavern would have been. But, of course, it was filled in years and years ago. What a shame. How they ever got the... the uh, sort of the go-ahead to fill that in. I've got no idea. Oh, it was a great, great shame. And um, what was the other one? Oh, little chef takeover is being cooked up, which could see the chain axed. I used to like going in there for their Olympic breakfast. I used to like the little chef because it was all cooked. It was it was cooked fresh. And then for some reason we went, we fell out of love with little chefs and I don't know why. You know, that was a nice thing to see. I wouldn't ever eat on any of these motorway service stations. I really wouldn't. Most of them are all franchised out now, aren't they? They go, oh, you've got a, a Burger King or you've got a Kentucky or you've got a Subway or something like that. So, I mean, the motorway service station standards were pretty low, served by miserable looking people who wish they'd be anywhere but standing there at three in the morning, serving up sausages, beans and fried bread. And it always looks a bit poor, doesn't it? So I'm not, not a big fan of that kind of thing. You know, I'd rather keep going on a motorway. or feeling like that, take a sandwich with me. Much, much easier. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, we will try and find lots of stories. Oh, the other thing is here. What's keeping you awake and how to cure it? The thing that's keeping you awake is this programme. This program's keeping you awake. I know that because I've seen the audience figures. This 4am spike is immense. It's immense. I mean, seriously, other radio programmes. I oh, know, listen, I've got friends in the business. Seriously, I've got friends. In this business, I talk to them. I talk to I don't like them. I just talk to them because, and they have to look up to me because they know that I'm pulling the audience. So what they have to do is kind of listen to what I'm doing, which kind of gives them an indication of what they should be doing. But then I don't want to help them too much because I don't want to lose my audience. And I've had it for quite a number of years. So I feel duty bound. So for those people suffering with insomnia, I mean, I did hear a thing the other day there were, I was walking through the Bentall Centre in Kingston and uh, there were two ladies in front of me and then one of them said she said do you find it difficult to sleep in the early hours so the other one said I do and she said I listen to Steve Allen on LBC and I was right behind them she didn't say that at all I just made that bit up but she, she was talking about sort of suffering from insomnia and I wanted to say listen to LBC it'll cure your insomnia you know you will find insomnia actually bearable but I just thought it was an odd thing for somebody to say, you know, do you find it difficult sleeping in the early hours of the morning? Because if you've got a programme that sort of that rollercoasts its way through and it keeps your mind active and it's saying what you're probably thinking as well, well, then you're going to find it impossible to sleep when this program's on. You might find it easier later on in the day, but I promise you for the, for, the, for the few hours that we are together every morning, you'll find it physically impossible. It's not an easy thing to do. So what did we do yesterday? What did I do yesterday? I did nothing. I did nothing yesterday. Wait a minute. I went. I went somewhere. Where did I go? You know, you have to re- retrace your steps because I always have to remember things to do during the daytime. And so I got in. I did end up getting back in about middle of the afternoon, about half past. Oh, that's right. I went all the way to Kingston to buy pants. All the way to Kingston to buy eight pairs of pants, and uh, I was quite happy. Then sort of sat on the bus. Why do I always get the people sitting behind the bus? (coughs) (coughs) There was one woman. Behind me, she was wheezing like she had emphysema of the worst possible kind. It was like she was going to bring up half her stomach. It was awful. And then I also get the other people who eat and sit on the... Why do they sit behind me? I wanted to turn around and go, why don't you go and talk somewhere else? Why can't it be like on the trains where, you know, there is a buzzer and it just takes out all mobile phones? Nobody but nobody needs to sit on the bus and have a conversation on their telephone. You don't need it. It's like people, you know, they've got the phone under their chin and and they're still being served in a supermarket, and you think, what are you doing that for? I mean, you know, how rude, how rude to be standing in front of somebody, you know, and you're still talking on the phone. What could be so important, unless you're getting the results of your STD test or something? I can't imagine why anything would be important. Nothing is that important. But years ago, when you didn't have a telephone, what did you do? You either didn't make the phone call, or you had to find a phone box that was operating. And that was always the problem. And then you'd sit there and go, beep, 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 beep. wait a minute, I'm putting some more money in, Put some more money in. All the, the best thing for me was doing reverse charge calls. You could pick up the phone, call the operator. How can I help you? You say, can you connect me to this number, reverse charge, please? So she would then call the number. And you'd hear them speaking to my mum going, uh, I've got Stephen on the end of the line. Will you accept the call? Uh, will you accept the charge? Yes, said my mother. Hi. <laughs> Can't remember why I would ever call. One of those odd things. We found a lady who was fined 80 quid. She tipped coffee down a drain. I mean, that is just awful, isn't it? I do that all the time, actually. I mean, I really do that all the time. Not, I mean, at, at home, I obviously tip coffee down the drain. Well, where else are you supposed to put it? Uh, this one was an ex-civil servant, and she tipped coffee down down the drain. Adam, still in Andover, it's still a dump. He says, you needed a mortgage to buy cooked breakfast in Little Chef. No, you didn't. How much was a Little Chef breakfast? They were only about nine quid or something like that, wasn't it? Probably even less than that. That's not a mortgage. Mortgage is about 30, 40 grand. But um, no, a cooked breakfast and a little chef—they were lovely. The Olympic breakfast was fantastic, and uh, I love little chefs as Ian as well. I think the problem is the all-you-can-eat places. Yeah, I, I would think that would be it, wouldn't it? I mean, it's not the same freshly made quality products, though. You see, I like a I like a buffet. I do like a breakfast buffet where you go in there and it's all laid out for you. I mean, a good one, but the the surroundings are not the best. Is the Strand Palace Hotel in London, where they do a good, it's about 13 quid, which is actually a lot cheaper than the one here outside our front door at the Hampshire, which is about 26 pounds. For breakfast, how you can justify £26 for a breakfast? I suppose because it's central London, they go, on well, to £26 for a breakfast. But uh, I would think an average breakfast should be around 9 or £10. A little bit more expensive in the Strand Palace, but at least the food's always coming out fresh. And you can have everything. You can have cereals, you can have croissant, you can have pan au chocolat, you can have all the cooked breakfast, the eggs, and, and, and it's good. It's just that the surroundings are basically budget hotel. So you're not exactly sitting at luxurious tables and things like that. But the food's excellent. Really excellent. So I, I don't really have too much problem with that. If I want to eat posh, 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 I'll go to a posh hotel. But you're frightened of dropping sort of a sausage on the floor, aren't you? And then going, excuse me, I've just dropped my sausage. We had a story about that the other day on the programme, didn't we? And um, what else we got this morning? What else we got this morning? Oh, yes, the uh, the George's cousin who's dragging himself around everywhere, trying to pretend that they were really good friends. They were. But then they had big falling out. And that was back in, I think, about 98 And uh, luckily he's disappeared, but now he's come dragging himself back in again, touting the same old tat that he was before. I don't think he knows anything about George's lifestyle. He was sort of saying here, he says, Thaddeus should tell us the truth. Uh, He's blasted the suicide claims. We've already said there are no suicide claims. You're just making this up as you go along. Uh, I remember, I think it's Andros, isn't it, from uh, from those early days. And uh, when they fell out, George cut him off completely. Andros disappeared off. I don't think George had seen his godson for about ten years. Gives you a rough idea where they were coming from. Uh, and obviously he had no intention of going to see him. He carried on the feud, as indeed is Ollie Mersey's brother. He now wants to get rid of his surname. I mean, this is a family that's in crisis. I said yesterday, though, I don't have a problem with that. That's their business. I'm not really interested. I'm a bit more interested in, in George Michael's cousin crawling out of the woodwork to tout his little tatty stories again, claiming that he knew George really well. Whereas, in fact, I don't think he knew George at all well. That's why George got rid of him. If he'd known George, you know, really that well. But, of course, they put them up on these television programmes. And the next thing, it's gospel. Oh, yes, George often spoke to me about this. Yeah, right, whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Doesn't make any difference, does it? I was more interested in the fact that Amir Khan has made a, a sex tape. <laughs> Having sort of, you know, lambasted everybody. He's supposed to be a good Muslim boy. He's supposed to be, you know, the family that really lambasted his wife. You know, because she's not adopted the Muslim dress code. She doesn't want to. Doesn't want to. Mind your own business, you nosy old pair of interfering little curtain twitchers. (laughs) You know, concentrate more on your son. If he made a sex tape, you've really lost your way. Really lost your way. Do you think his mother's sitting there go, Can't be Amir. Why would Amir make a sex tape? Well, we ask ourselves the question of every one of these people, don't we? Every time somebody comes out and they make a sex tape, you always go, Why? Why? You know, it just makes him look a bit silly. You know, so he sits there talking about his wife, and we're thinking, yeah, you're just thinking about all these other people, aren't you, really? It doesn't seem to matter to anybody anymore. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about what people do. Um, I like the idea of the architect, whose designs include the London Aquatic Centre, left how much in her will? £67 million. <laughs> £67 million! Dear God in heaven! What was she charging? Lot of money there. Lot of money, lot of money. Uh, And um, poor, poor Jordan, still dragging out that dreary old carcass of hers. You know how airbrushed it is when you look at a picture of what she really looks like, and then you realise how much airbrushing goes on. Must take them for days on end. And Honey, I Shrank My Fans, Honey G. Oh no, it's finished, doesn't it, that career? I I do beg your pardon. And uh, after the singing career, you, the British public, saw right through it and decided you weren't buying into this old rubbish. A Bit like buying into Jedward, not anymore. Not anymore. Jedward, two silly little boys who really don't have the ability to understand what the real world is. They're 25 but behave like three-year-olds. They jump on settees at 25 years old. I mean, that's just sadly pathetic, isn't it? Small wonder they got dropped by their management company ages ago and then somebody else had to pick them up. They were just too, you know, they're just not there. Not there in in the brain department. They can't talk about anybody apart from Jedward. Uh, At the end of the day, it's just egg, bacon and sausage that I spend. Some of the prices are ridiculous. I know. I know. I mean, I I just sort of, I just sort of think to myself that you're right, egg, bacon and sausage. But if you're having a posh breakfast, I just don't want any old sausages. I want Cumberland sausages or I want to make sure that the sausages are of a right standard. Not not chronically bad. Uh, The bacon, I don't want it with white bits on it, which means that it's full of water. I don't want that. Thank you very much indeed. I want proper bacon. You know, I don't mind paying for it. Eggs. Not so bothered about eggs unless they're you know on both sides. I did get my hash browns the other day at Burger King, I was very pleased about that. I can be quite naughty with hash browns, I don't really care because they're only little tiny things. It's like you know, you can pop one in your mouth, you know, eat, two in your mouth if you really put your mind to it. I got three in yesterday, but there you know, that's just me. And uh, and that that was lovely, yeah, absolutely. I just because they kept, they were oh, they were so crispy on the outside, and so I like that. I like some beans. Okay, if I'm feeling healthy, I might have uh, tomatoes, tinned tomatoes. I like tinned tomatoes, chopped tomatoes, (laughs) chopped tomatoes. Hi. (laughs) Well, sometimes you get because you can buy them in because it's a a company called Napoli. I'm sure there's other tomatoes available, but I've always eaten Napoli tomatoes because they just look like they come from Italy. And I like anything to do with the Italians, the Portuguese. I like everybody. It's almost embarrassing, isn't it, really, that there's just so many people that I love in this world. I don't know how we get through the programme, sharing the love. I'm going to share the love with you now because I'm going to take a break. And uh, I'll probably just have a wander around the studio, so sort of, you know, do my hair or something. And then be back with you in about, well, I can tell you exactly how long I'm going to be back with you in. Two minutes 20 from now.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, pretty Nice heavy company. 4.20 is the time. No, wrong. Uh, (laughs) uh, What was I going to tell you? I was going to tell you something else. I can't remember. Oh, yes. Um, So, Honey, I Shrank My Fans. This is poor Honey G. Poor, deluded, old Honey G. No talent, no nothing else. But what was the funniest thing on the television that reminded me of Honey G yesterday? Yes, dreary old Daniela Westbrook touting out the same old trash she's come up with you know, every time, you know, every newspaper interview, every this, every that. One of these days you might actually get a nice story from her where it doesn't involve shoving Arthur Columbia up her nose and then going, oh, by the way, I lied. I lapsed. Oh, dear. You just want to throw your hands out in the air and go, you're just a bit of a waste of space, aren't you? You're over 40 years old. Should have learned how to grow up by now. You know, it's just it's just ridiculous. You know, why is she not gone to rehab? Why is she not sorted herself out? Perhaps she doesn't want to. Perhaps she couldn't care less. And then she tells us yesterday she tried to kill herself nine times. Nobody questioned that on the panel at all. I was quite de- obviously they have some sort of uh, some sort of hidden agenda on loose women. The hidden agenda is don't ask any questions, which are going to upset the guest. I thought the whole idea was let's upset the guest. You know why have you not been to the police with the number of your of your coke dealer? Why have you not been to the police about the people who allegedly raped you? Why have, why have you not done this? Why are you just touting it out as a story? Go to the police. That's what they're there for. But no, she'd rather appear on Loose Women and this time drag her son on, who's got a choice amount of language to use. So he's sworn in, oh, sorry, because he speaks like like he's from New York, a black rapper. Yeah, because, you know, I saw, you know, my mum, she did the... Well, where are you from? Where are you from, love? Where are you coming from? Your mum's not exactly been, because she's got two children, two different fathers. One of them obviously speaks normally, and the other one is this sort of, yeah, because I'm a model, I'm a rapper, and I'm sorry, you're white, dear. Why are you speaking like this? Isn't this somewhat racist? And then when he swore, I thought, well, he obviously swears at home, and I should imagine she swears at home. It's a bit like Jordan, isn't it? You imagine Jordan probably uses every word under the sun at home. She must do, otherwise where would Harvey pick this up from? Can only have got it from her. Certainly wouldn't have got it from Peter Andre. I shouldn't imagine Peter Andre would actually use the B word, if anything else. Uh, 84850 oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Tony says you may have seen my tweet I sent to Loose Women, which I mentioned what you were saying about Daniela Westbrook regarding giving the name of a drug dealer to the police instead of feeling sorry. But they didn't, they didn't ask. That would have been my first. If that had been Piers Morgan, he'd have asked the first question Why have you not been to the police with the name of your drug dealer? Loose women sort of treat it like, oh, poor you. Whereas I'm thinking, no, not poor you at all. A very unfit mother. She's apparently wasted a quarter of a million quid by shoving it up her nose. And her kids are homeless. Fantastic. What a brilliant mother she must be. How absolutely brilliant. And then she drags him on television. He can't speak or string two words together. I mean, the whole thing was just pitifully awful. It really was. It was just an embarrassment. A real embarrassment. Apparently, the mushrooms were always cooked to perfection, at little chef. Yes, I don't think you can really go far wrong with mushrooms, can you? You either sort of stick them in a pan of hot water with a little bit of butter or just some butter, or feeling that you dice them and throw them on the grill. I think mushrooms are got to be the easiest thing to actually... I'll tell you what's really delicious. A nice little summer hint for you here, the Steve Allen recipe of the moment. Get a tin of cooked sweet corn. Green giant. About the only one I know. I'm sure there's others available. And a tin of cooked button mushrooms. Drain them. Empty them into a bowl. Give a good squirt of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's got to be Hellman's. Stir it all up. Oh, oh. Best salady thing you could ever eat. Best salad-y. I promise you, really. And I am the living embodiment of health. You know, you only have to look at me to realise that here is a body toned to perfection. The bo- Sorry, what? Hashtag clean eating. <laughs> it's very good for you, though. Sweet corn- with and the, and, the, and the button mushrooms and I learned it years ago and I've done it on a few occasions for friends and and then the Hellmann's real mayonnaise not the light one just the normal foot you don't bother with this light rubbish you don't need to bother with it it's, it's like people who drink diet drinks think they can drink as much as they want and the weight's going to fall off it's codswallop codswallop you won't lose any weight and um and then give it a good mix around in the bowl and that's lovely have that with some some cold meat or Something like that that's a nice little nice, easy thing to do for somebody, and it's quite cheap the little you could probably get two little tins for I don't know, a pound or something in Iceland, but um that that's delicious. I like things like that, and i you know me, I can't cook for toffee. I've never claimed to be able to cook. I can't do cordon bleu i couldn't I never see the appeal of wasting time in the kitchen, but you can go and buy it, stick it in the oven, and in a matter of minutes, it's ready. Why would you want to waste your time doing things like that after Madonna. Had a little tattoo above her, below her, her belly button. Um, my friend Toby decided to do the same, to do a little bit of advertising. He just wrote Jaffa cakes underneath his uh, belly button. Whether or not it's it's going to class as advertising or a hoarding, I don't know. But he seemed a bit excited. By it. Also, he doesn't do. Sh- we learnt this morning he doesn't do showers. He just does baths. Whereas I not got the time for a bath in the morning? So I had a shower this morning, and I'm in and out of the shower in. 15 minutes? I like to take my time. I don't like to sort of, you know, rush through it. I'm sitting on my little chair. I've got the radio on. What? I've got my radio on and I'm sort of there. And it's it's just great. You can do so much more if you're sitting down in the shower. You can. Seriously. I mean, you sit in the bath. So why not sit in the shower? Uh, and I grip the shower head between my legs and uh, hope you hope you're imagining this this look. It's not, not one of my better looks, I have to tell you. But it's easy because I don't want all that water coming down so it gets in my eyes and then I can't see anything. So I like to what I do is I sort of drench, soap up head head first of all, two two dollops of the shampoo, and and then we do then we do the body and the other bits feet, and uh, and then we rinse it all off. And then we sort of sit there and cogitate for a minute, which is sort of thinking about you know. Uh, and they think I'll have another go, and so you do the whole thing and you repeat it twice, and that way you're not only spotlessly clean but you smell gorgeous. Seriously, if, if if this could be Smelly Radio, you would go, Steve, you absolutely are gorgeous this morning. You know, it would be one of those things. It's the after. It's not just the aftershave. This is no. This is the shower gel. This is lovely shower gel. This is Penhaligon's. It's uh, I can't. Quercus, it could be. or something. I can't remember. Whatever it is, it's lovely. No, it's not coconut. We don't do coconut. I've got rhubarb shower gel. I love rhubarb. I could I could actually cover myself in rhubarb. And sort of... It's, I wonder if it's very good for you, because of the enzymes in rhubarb. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've come up with these words. I've got no idea what I'm talking about. A load of old rubbish, isn't it? Steve Allen talked about enzymes in rhubarb. There might be enzymes in rhubarb. I don't know. But uh, you could probably do a facial scrub, couldn't you? I see them on these television programs. Somebody, Somebody wrote to me the other day. And said, uh, um, uh, they said, all you do on your programme <laughs> is talk about television programmes. And you think, you're banned. So, uh, so I banned it. So now they've got no friends. They didn't have any friends before, and they've now got even less. <laughs> all you do is talk about television programmes. You're a bright spark, aren't you? Steve, was Daniela Westbrook on loose Women playing the part of Alice Cooper? Looked like it, with all that black around her eyes. Great acting, says Ray the Cabby. I suspect, actually, most of what Daniela Westbrook does is acting. The last boyfriend lasted about five minutes. In fact, all of her, one of her marriages lasted, I think, less than nine months. And uh, she, she, she went out with somebody who was poor. Then she went out with a, with a millionaire. And then she said, oh, I'm going to stay off television. Unfortunately, the, the lure of, uh, of, of television and the addiction that she's now got, and very unwisely, she sort of pushed her son Kai into it. This is Kai who was caught a few years back uh, in a car with some friends and the police found cannabis in there, and Daniella Westbrook tweeted, "Tweeted, oh, I can't believe it! I can't believe that you know this." I'm thinking, "What? Your mother's a cokehead? Why can't you believe it?" He's grown up around drugs. It was like uh, like Jade Goody's mother, wasn't it? Jade Goody grew up around her mother doing drugs. Thank God Jackie's disappeared. Uh, what do you make of Kim and Aggie? Uh, and uh, uh, there isn't Kim and Aggie. Um, uh, there is only Kim. Kim Woodburn, is in the house, she's calling all the tramps out. He says, I don't know what Callum's got, but that James Jordan is loathsome. Yes, well, I mean, he's a, he's a nasty little piece of work, is James Jordan. He's a horrible bully. But uh, then Aggie gives uh, gives the best... She, she she She's called him out. She's called him out a few times. And also all the other tramps in there, which, of course, is not difficult. One, they've just kicked out. They've kicked out Jasmine uh, Walsh from America, because basically the language was just unforgivable. So they literally... They had a secret vote. She's gone. They're now keeping her in a secret place. I'm hoping it's a cell. but uh, And they put her on a plane, stick her back to America. You go back there, darling. You stay there. Don't ever come back round here again, thank you, Rangeli. Listen, if we want tramps, we'll go to Geordie Shore. We don't need anybody coming in from America. Spiking from hospital, says dorman Dom. And Ian says the Olympic breakfast had sauté potatoes on it. Oh, I love sauté potatoes. Actually, uh, Waitrose do one. It's in a foil packet, And it's potatoes with little tiny bits of bacon. I say little tiny bits. I mean, they're infinitesimal. Add your own. And you put them in the frying pan. You've got to have it really hot and it cooks them. And you get, uh, like, little tiny sautéed potatoes. They're really nice, actually. And you can have that with the sweet corn and with the the button mushrooms and the Hellman's Real Mayonnaise.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Uh, uh, Nicky says, have you ever thought about setting up a table and chair in the shower and eating your breakfast in there? I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat breakfast in the morning. I don't have enough time. I get up at one. There's no point in a cooking a breakfast or anything like that. I just haven't got enough time. By the time I've had a shave, had my cup of coffee, taken my medication uh, and then got into the shower, it's just about ready to put, put clothes on and wait for the car. And that's it. I just don't... You know, the, I mean, it'd be lovely. If it was somebody, you know, who was prepared to cook a breakfast and have it delivered to the studio, then I'd eat it. But it's it's, you know... I can live till after the programme. And we've got a canteen upstairs. I could go there from 8 o'clock and get get a cooked breakfast. But I I tend not to. I tend not to. Linda reckons she's got an imperial leather bubble bath, which is banana. Really? That sounds slightly odd, doesn't it? Why would imperial leather bubble bath smell of bananas? Have you got something the matter with your septum or something? Is that what's going on? I've never heard of that. Why would it smell of bananas. It's imperial leather. Imperial leather is the smell. That's what it is. Uh, a lot of people commenting on poor old Daniela Westbrook, the same old... I mean, she literally... I mean, obviously this morning turned her down again. They've obviously, they're have obviously they obviously a bit bored, so let, let the poor old soul go on loose women. I think what they do is trade off. Okay, who have you got on? We've got Ollie Mersey's mother on. Okay, we'll keep her. Do you want Danielle? She's only trotting out the same old garbage she did last time around. Okay, let's put her on there. So Danielle Westbrook goes on there. Whereas, in fact, really... She doesn't need to appear on television. She just needs to go and get some help, you know, and and do it quickly, because you know one more read. I don't know how she's affording the cocaine. I really don't. Where's the money coming from? As opposed to putting a roof over her kids' head, she's uh, she's buying cocaine. Why would that be? Why would that be? Surely the son must be because he he's sort of budding actor, Pfft, like she was budding actress, wasn't she? Uh, so 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 in the papers for this morning. They're, they're concentrating a lot on uh, Theresa May's new Free Britain, uh, the bold 12-point plan for Brexit. She says we'll regain the control of the borders, rejects any deal that leaves us half in, half out. And uh, it's a clean break, she says. This we await to see. And um, Elton ditches a charity gig for medical reasons. Oh, wait a minute. This was. Do you remember I told you the story about Elton gets a million crooning for an oligarch's girl while mariah carey gets two and a half million elton was supposed to be doing a charity gig but he pulled out citing medical conditions oh dear i mean surely not he wouldn't do that would he i don't know uh rush for hamilton this is opening in london but it's curtains for touts the touts are out for all of these things because all it is a tout can be you My, my brother became a tout Because he had a pair of tickets to something at uh, Wembley and he couldn't go. So he sold the tickets. Why not? They're his tickets to sell. Toutes only do the same. We had the story about Robbie Williams' management who apparently, according to reports in the paper, were placing tickets on websites which were selling them for inflated prices. But the whole idea about selling tickets at inflated prices. It's for those people who can afford to do it. They've been doing it for years at Wimbledon. I don't know why people are getting their knickers in a twist at the moment. Wimbledon has always had, you know, tickets for centre-court finals for the men's, £20,000. Nobody's up in arms about that because it's appealing to people who've got the money. There used to be a guy years ago called Stan Flashman. He was a tout. He reckoned he could get tickets for anything, Anything at all. Queen's Garden Party, you know, marriage of uh, Diane, anything you wanted tickets for, he could get tickets for. There would be somebody willing to sell. So if somebody had a pair of tickets for just supposing the Queen's Garden Party and, uh, and he would say, well, look, I'll give you £10,000 for those. And they go, yep, thank you. Hand them over for ten grand. He then sells them for twenty five grand, and somebody gets to go to the Garden Party. It's as simple as that. It's supply and demand. There's no point in having touts if you can't actually flog the tickets. So you two, and I heard Darren talking about this earlier on, you two tickets will probably go for a lot of money. But that's for people who can probably afford to spend seven to ten thousand quid. It's not for you peasants out there. It's not for you. This is for rich people. Rich people who think that money buys everything. And it does. you seriously telling me that if Tamara Eccleston wants to go and see Phantom of the Opera and they go, it's sold out, she can't get a ticket? Of course she can. There is no such thing as a sold out show. I'm here to tell you that for a fact. It does not exist. Sold-out shows do not exist. There's always tickets available. You imagine, you know, Wills and, uh, and the wifey, uh, somebody phones up from Ken Palace and goes, he'd like to come and see the show uh, tomorrow night. You think they're going to go, I'm really sorry, it's sold out. Of course there's house seats. Of course they, they leave them till the very last minute, just in case. And then the house seats will be sold to somebody who's in the queue. So if you were first in the queue, there'd be a very good chance of you getting a really good pair of seats. You know, road D or something like that. That's what. That's what. That's what. That's how it works. That's how it works. If you want to stand there, you can spot all the people who are touting. They're all outside the theatres, outside rugby. We get them outside Twickenham all the time. Tickets. Anybody need tickets? Anybody selling tickets? Outside the station all the time. Please don't do anything about it. Why not? I don't. Do it. it really doesn't make any difference. Somebody's got seats to sell. Somebody turns up and they want to go and see the rugby. That's how it operates. Doesn't work in any other way. So there's always going to be something. It's like, you know, I suppose it would never happen, of course, if Steve Allen had a show and it sold out very quickly. And then people would be saying, listen, can, if, if I paid, you know, £100 a ticket, could I get a ticket for it? No, if it's sold out, it's sold out. If somebody's got tickets they want to sell, that's their business. But, you know, nothing to do with the artist. So Robbie Williams' his management allegedly sell tickets for a higher price. They make the money on it. And they know that people will want to buy them. So as opposed to, you know, buying a ticket for 60 quid, you buy it for 150 If you really want that ticket, you'll pay 150 If you want to go and see you two doing the Joshua Tree and you want, you know, front row seats and somebody goes, they're 1500 quid a seat. You go, all right. If you don't want to buy them, don't buy them. I always suggest that if ever you're going to see a show, you know, you wait outside until the very last minute and the touts are stuck with them and they've got to sell them at face value. Otherwise, they're not going to get anything for them. They might as well get face value or nothing. So you just wait till the last minute. So you miss the first bit. Who cares? Who cares? That's the way. That's the way. Pardon me. Round it. It's not difficult. Uh, the mum who's become the scourge of the school run. Here she is. Here she is, Miss Skepapanska. Panska, and um, she's not very pleasant at all. Actually, uh, this white Land Rover. Uh, she's a Polish former child who has a son at a primary school on the outskirts of Derby and lives a ten-minute walk away. She's bone-idle. Bone-idle. Benjamin brought her says the driver has been rude and claims she can park wherever she likes despite living nearby. And, uh, she, I mean, she just literally parks it on people's pavements, on their driveways, everywhere. She's a horrible piece of work. Her partner, Kali Singh... Said she'd probably parked erratically because she used to be a childminder with about 15 quid kids. But she doesn't do that now, does she? And she lives 10 minutes away. Why don't you get your bone idle legs out there and walk, darling? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Somebody says parking was an issue and the school would have a word with a motorist. With her, Miss Skepper So there you go, your bone idle old baggage. <laughs> don't park. Walk. It's 10 minutes. I mean, she blocks people's driveway and she really doesn't care. Luckily, she's been named and shamed today. I'm hoping that uh, people will be putting that picture all over her car when they see it and go, look, that's you. That's you. You're the one who is the scourge of the school run. However, that pales into ending... I mean, you always get that, don't you? I always think, actually, you're always going to get people who decide to drive their kids to school. I've got no idea why. It serves no purpose whatsoever. She doesn't need to drive a kid ten minutes. Walk. Walk down there. It's down there. Walk with your friends. Oh, you haven't got any friends. Well, walk with somebody. Do something like that. Apparently, she's an absolute mess, menace. And uh, um, she said here, she last night suggested that some pictures she had seen didn't show her car. and said she and her mother walked to the school until last year. Nobody told me or come to my house. I think she mean came to my house. Uh, telling me that my block somebody just because my car is white and stands out does not mean I'm at fault. Well, looks like your car to me, dear. But there again, I should imagine there's probably loads of these sort of cars out there. Uh, Mick says loose women always play the victim. What a load of losers they are. Uh, Mrs. May is playing It's So Cool. I think Nick Clegg will end up in therapy. That's uh, highly likely, I should imagine. But here is the story to end all stories. This is a bizarre one. Sue Peckett. Uh, could drink no more of the takeaway coffee she'd bought. She took what she thought was the most considerate and public-spirited way of disposing of it. She went to put the cup in a litter bin, but only having first poured the unwanted liquid down a drain in the street to avoid making a mess of the bin. Because it's very easy, isn't it? You go to a bin and you've got half a cup of coffee. That you just throw it in there, and that's you know it makes it. So she did the she did the right thing. I thought. Well, I thought you pour the remainder of your coffee. Look at the size of that crocodile. Is that enormous? Have you seen it? Look at this. Sorry, there's a picture on Sky. They're running this thing of a crocodile coming out of a bush. These things are so unchanged from prehistoric times. This thing is huge. It looks like it's about to give birth. And uh, if that thing got hold of you... In fact, actually, it did the other day. There was a farm somewhere which breeds... I think crocodiles or alligators for handbags and things like that. And um, there was one of the keepers in there. Unfortunately, he was in the pool... And these things go along the bottom and then just come up and grab. And they grabbed him and they ate him. So he he disappeared. It's only when the staff came in the next morning, they realised that they were one down. Anyway, uh, going back to Miss Peckett, who is 65, which doesn't really make any difference. And uh, she was shocked by what happened next to her disbelief. She was stopped by three council enforcement officers and issued with an £80 on the spot fine for littering. When the retired civil servant appealed to the council in Ealing in West London, she was told the fine would not be revoked. Ealing! Ealing! Oh dear, shame on Ealing. I'm astonished, she said, by the whole process. Anyway, she says, uh, I've lived in Ealing for 33 years. I bought a cup of coffee. It wasn't very nice and I thought I wanted to get rid of it because sometimes the coffee you buy in places is horrible. Anyway, so she poured it down the drain, then she started to walk to the bin to put the cup in the bin. The enforcement officers stopped me and said I was breaking the law. I filled in the forms and they fined me 80 quid. She says, I think there's a big problem, but it's bizarre. I put this coffee down the drain because it was a safe and environmental thing to do. The reason I didn't dispose of the cup of the liquid in the bin was that I wouldn't want to turn the contents of the bin into a soggy mess. Miss Peckett's attempts to get Ealing Council to withdraw the fine, which was imposed on her in November, initially fell on deaf ears, but then a local website, Get West London, heard about the bizarre incident. The website approached the council for a comment on the story, and the officers conceded the £80 fine would not be endorsed. There you go. Kick them in the small spherical objects between their legs. This is overzealous idiots. Surely pouring a drink down a drain... So that the council operative in Ealing, Mamby Pamby little place, you know, didn't get their hands wet. She was doing the best thing. A spokesman for Ealing Council said yesterday, the council has investigated this particular case and will be dropping the fine originally issued. Our priority is to make sure the borough is clean and litter free. We apologise for any inconvenience. In other words, have you fired the people involved? Because they're quite clearly idiots. Ealing Mamby Pamby Council, come on. She poured it down the drain and then walked to the bin to throw the cup away. What sort of operatives have you got in Ealing, mamby-pambies? 80 quid fine. And originally, the councillor went, no, no, we're actually sticking with that. Big problem with littering. She wasn't littering. She was pouring it down a drain. Are you sure you've got the rights to use the drain when it rains and the water goes in there? Or perhaps it should be coffee we're pouring in or something like that. Try milkshake next time. Far more entertaining. My God, don't go to mamby-pamby Ealing. Councillors then, oh, I don't know what to do about that. Thank God that website, Get West London, heard about it. So all you've got to do is give them publicity, bad publicity. And if they don't like it, then uh, it reflects very badly. There'll be people in the borough. I think Neil Kinnock lives in the borough, doesn't he? All these sort of people. And, uh, and you go, this is what they do. Somebody emptied a drink down, down a... Dr- well, I've done it. I've done it loads of times in Twickenham. Loads of times. Go on, come around and find me. <laughs> try it. Go on, try it. How ridiculous. I wouldn't want to live in Ealing if you paid me. Ghastly place. Ghastly place. I could understand it if she poured the coffee down the drain and then threw the cup on the ground. But she's a sensible person. She went to find the bin to put the cup in. She was saving your little operatives, Ealing. Why do they never name the person at Ealing who says, well, actually, we have uh, reviewed this case. I just want to know who it is. is. Let's name and shame. Who is this buffoon? Ridiculous. Uh, the transport chiefs have offered uh, well, they haven't offered, sorry, they've They've been forced to issue a warning to commuters who watch sex on their phones. What? Sex, please. Please, please tell me it's not uh, it's not true. Where is this? Where is this? Transport for London. Must be in London. Well, there's people sitting there, but they've said that anybody found watching pornography whilst travelling on trains or buses will be reported to the police. You don't really think people sit there on... Uh, on... On trains watching pornography, today. they? Oh, that is just so awful. So dreadful.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast on LBC. It's nine minutes to five. My friend Dan says, diet coke. Now, who do I know who used to drink that stuff? My body is now a temple. 51 pounds lost to date. 51 pounds. Because it is true. And Dan would be the first person on my list who would be drinking gallons of Coca-Cola, you know. And just by drinking the diet stuff, it doesn't make any difference. It really doesn't make any difference. You're not going to lose weight by drinking diet Coca-Cola or any of the other fizzy drinks. It's just, you know, it's the amount that you're drink. Pardon me, drinking. I mean, I don't drink it. Not because I don't I don't like it. It's just because I sort of think... It is quite fizzy and it is quite full of sugar. Even if I went for the diet one, I'm, I'm really not going to be particularly bothered about things like that. Kelvin uh, uh, says, I'm not surprised at the Ealing littering fine. I work there and these operatives are outside the station. They hand out fines like it's going out of fashion, especially to tourists. Well, I mean, I can understand that, you know, you've got to have people who actually go round there and, and stop people throwing rubbish on the floor. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. You feel like saying to somebody, oi, there's a bin there within, you know, one minute. Why don't you go and put it in there? If I, if I was operating buses and I saw somebody just leaving rubbish at the bus stop, which they do because they're peasants, I'd say to them, I'm sorry you're not getting on this bus do you put that in the rubbish bin. Go and put it in the rubbish bin. If they go no, say, well, we're not taking the bus any further, all right? Get used to it, sweet cheeks. It ain't happening. But I am slightly disturbed that people are sitting on, on, uh on... This is somebody on. Somebody's been caught on a, on a bus, watching pornography, on a on a on a on a bus that's got people on. I mean, who's? I mean, really. Be warned. If you're one of these people who's going to go out and and watch porn on the bus or the train, uh, if you're caught, and it's going to be very easy to catch you, the police are going to become involved. Okay, and watching porn in a public place is. Not advisable. OK, not advisable. They'll have you uh, in court. Then you'll be shamed. Then your marriage will fall apart. You know, the children will shun you. Nobody will talk to you. Work will drop you like a ton of bricks. What is it, this obsession that people have to watch pornography on the, on the train and the bus and things? I mean, just ridiculous, isn't it, really? Uh, Malcolm says, when the interceptors confiscate alcohol off people drinking in the street, they always pour it down the drain. You're absolutely right. They do. That's the first thing they do. They go out there, the interceptors, eh, eh, they go, what's that? And they pour it straight down the drain. Perhaps you should tell Ealing, Manby, Pamby Council, that they can go round there and nick the interceptors. Police officers, what are you doing? We're just pouring this vodka down the drain. £80 fine. I'm a police officer. It would be quite entertaining to watch, wouldn't it, on the programme. I'd like to see that. Council operatives. I parked on, up on a pavement the other day to go and drop something off. And, uh, and I did, you do run, don't you? Because if you think you see a traffic warden you don't, want to, you don't want to risk their wrath. Because, you know, as long as you sort of adhere to the highway code and as long as you follow the rules, it's fine. But this, this woman who can't park her vehicle because her kid's too bone idle to walk the 10 minutes from home. I mean, I do get, I do get slightly fed up with parents who take their kids to school. They can get the bus. Everybody else managed to get the bus and the train. Little children stagger on with their cases and their bags and their kit and all the rest of it. And then there's mothers who sit there. The kid's in the back asleep. You know, get them out. Get them getting fresh air. You're not doing them any good, are you? They must be blooming useless at school, these people. Uh, what have we got here? A girl of 16 who's landed a Burberry deal. That's the trouble nowadays. At 16, they're actually... Um, they're actually sort of looking at uh, at models now. 16, 16 would be sort of a little bit too old. Is your sushi lunch as fattening as a Big Mac? And the answer is yes, it could be. Uh, but I don't eat sushi, so I don't, uh, I don't really bother about things like that. And uh, locals rage at obnoxious playtime din from Prince's school. Always complain, don't they? People who live in these posh areas where they've got posh schools, they don't seem to like kids making a noise. I don't know why, actually, because kids automatically make a noise. They can't help it. That's what they, that's what they do. They give us, a, you know, a sort of a, a, noisy, a noisy reception. They scream. They scream all over the place. Uh, we have found somebody here, a cocaine addict nurse. This is Amy Heller, a rather silly person here. And what she did, she stole prescription-only pills from the hospital where she worked and supplied them to her friends. She was a coke addict. Uh, She complained about feeling undervalued due to extreme shifts or busy, staff, short-staffed wards. And then, you know, because of that, she decided to turn to cocaine, as people do. Anyway, yesterday, jail for three years and eight months. I mean, she's a thief. It doesn't matter what she's thieving. She's a thief. She's a cheap, common little thief. She had, um, following her uh, arrest, and they raided the home, they found nine bags of cocaine with a street value of 360 quid. She stole from the genuinely ill people. Uh, I mean, she now faces being struck off. There's a relief. Hope so. Hope so. That would be great. Let's make her lose her job at the same time. It's a a, a never-ending cycle, isn't it, really? Uh, Steve, I stay away in hotels for work quite a lot. And you'd be surprised at the amount of them that can't cook an egg properly. Still comes out hard and undercooked. I like tin tomatoes, though. I once had breakfast at the Sanctum Hotel, 29 quid, and it wasn't one of my favourites. Well, see, the trouble is I don't think uh, expense comes into it. It comes into, you know, what the thing looks like. And that's why a buffet is better. So I, I do like a buffet. I don't like a set breakfast. We've got this place in Twickenham. I keep meaning to try it. I've not got round to trying it yet, but I will, because they do a cooked breakfast for, I think, eight or nine quid. I think eight or nine quid is about the, uh, the thing. Cliff Richard on holiday in Barbados. And, uh, as I say, 76 not looking 76, he met his sister Joan, who's accompanied uh, uh, him to his £6 million estate. And uh, so that's nice. So he's on on holiday. So that's lovely. Uh, Snowden's lovers, Margaret's revenge affairs, petty cruelties and savage put-downs. How a glittering royal marriage descended headlong into all-out war. She was cheating on him, he was cheating on her. That's what they did. And, um nothing you could do about it. Princess Margaret threw it about all over the place. She had her dinner parties, which went on long into the night, but you couldn't leave until she wanted to go to bed. She collected shells from around the world. I think Mustique, I think it was Lord Glencoma, gave her a bit of Miss Mustique. And uh, so she used to holiday there. In fact, actually, I think I've got a photograph of Princess Margaret sitting on a sun lounger with two men who were stark naked standing beside her. Slightly odd, but she knew she was never going to be queen, so she didn't really care. Scylla's statue has been unveiled with a Laura, Laura love, and uh, and the boys turned up yesterday. Uh, Robert said the sculpture was not only a memorial to her, but a small gesture of gratitude. So uh, Ben, Jack, and Robert with her singer uh, with with her with the statue the other day. There were loads of people there. I think this morning did it uh, did it live. So that was quite nice, wasn't it? And what else have we got? Damien Hurst. Who's this? Damien Hurst, maybe worth 250 million. But his girlfriend will not be giving up the day job. She revealed yesterday she signed to a, a modelling agency. And, um, and that's it. He's worth 250 million. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And uh, who went out cycling without a helmet on the other day? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And people always go, ah, oh, you've got to wear a helmet when you go out because it's safer just in case people run into you, which they are prone to doing nowadays, aren't they? Uh, on the mirror, what's keeping you awake and how to cure it? Plus uh, Trump. It's Friday, isn't it? Friday we get the uh, the Trump and uh, it'll, be, it'll be over in a matter of hours. But uh, we've got Ian Dale going out there, Nigel Farage, I think, is a guest, and Katie Hopkins as well. Uh, Merz's twin brother, this is Ollie Merz's twin has ditched the CERN my god this is descending into something awful have you ever heard of such a thing? so hostilities began in 2009 a bit like George Michael with his cousin who can't keep his big trap shut and is all over the papers today because of a, a rather naff interview he gave the other day as I say how much of it is true you'd never find out because George Michael isn't with us anymore but I suspect if he's, uh, if he's up there watching he'll be going, uh, and that's why we fell out Andros, that's why we fell out. But he blasted Faddy and said, I can't keep my mouth shut. I have too many questions. It's got nothing to do with you, mate. Nothing to do with you. Nobody else was thinking about it, but I suppose that's your, uh, that's your avenue, isn't it, nowadays, to try and get some, uh, some money from somebody. Uh, what else we got here? We've got the MOD sued over cancer fire uh, and why the 21st century people are living longer. Much, much longer, which I quite like. Also, Honey, I shrank my fans. Poor Honey gee, It's all finished, does not it? Danny Dyer says he's not a sex god. Nicola Hughes, hilarious. Gets drunk and comes on to somebody in the Big Brother house. Big surprise there. Now it turns out her husband was taking somebody glamorous out for dinner in a restaurant. Why? You know, you'd have to, have to ask him the question, but he stuck his finger up at the photographer afterwards. Uh, Jordan's naff calendar. And uh, the addict nurse who stole the drugs, gone to prison. Good news all round.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Uh, so, a couple who were dealing in drugs, million pounds, uh, they were on benefits. You thought somebody would have tweaked that by now. They both look very young and very healthy. Anyway, they're now young and healthy and in prison. That's always the good news, isn't it? Uh, also, uh, the reality of life in the kill capital of America, the Chicago streets running red with blood... Uh, because there's people with guns over there. Gun crime is uh, is quite bad, actually, in America. Uh, also, the second parents of serial killer Joanna Hay, a rather stupid, just stupid person. You know, stupid and sick. She thinks she's really clever, but uh, she's got no remorse. Rot in prison, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we're so in sync, the weirdest TV hookup ever. Ben Fogle and Katie attention-seeking price. Uh new lives in the wild host Ben says I really enjoyed spending time with Katie. We have plans for a little adventure. So watch oh god Lima, you are desperate. You are desperate. Also Denise Welsh has revealed one of her rock star sun songs is about her postnatal depression help uh, hell and um home sellers pay four and a half thousand on average to an estate agent for selling. I don't know why people just don't do it themselves. You can do it yourself. The estate agent, all they do is take a picture, put you in the front of their window, and that's it. They don't do anything else. You've got to find your own people for doing it, or they can probably find somebody in-house who can, who can deal with all the conveyancing and everything else. But you can do it much cheaper. Much cheaper. Why would you want to pay somebody all this, all this money? For doing nothing, really. Uh, the Sun this morning, uh, Amir Khan. Oh, dear. A sex tape. I mean, you do think, please, God, not. Please, God, not. But uh, they say, yes, he was left humiliated after a sex tape of him was leaked online. I mean, you know, (sighs) I don't know what to say, really. There's no answer, is there? There is no answer to that whatsoever. Uh, Also, um, 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 oh, yes, George Michael's family have spoken out over the pop legend's death and said it's not an act of suicide. We've already said that. I thought we established that ages ago. His cousin, oh God, hit out at suggestions that the Whamstar may have deliberately said he doesn't know anything. He toured with him at the height of his fame. He's demanded justice. What's he got to do with you? You're his cousin, you're not his brother. You're his cousin, for goodness sake, mind your own business. He says, I've been trying to hold back, but the more I'm reading and the more I'm finding out about Faddy, I can't keep my mouth shut. What do you know? You don't know anything. You weren't there? With nothing to do with any of his boyfriends or anything like that. What What's the point of interfering in something? That was the reason you fell out in the first place, isn't it? Didn't George kick you out? Because you were spending too much time talking about him. He says, uh, I mean, he seems to think he knows everything, but uh, quite clearly knows nothing. He's probably trying to find out whether or not his, uh, his boy's got any money in the will, because the will is yet to be done. We're still waiting for that, aren't we? We're still waiting for the uh, for the will to be read. So we can find out who is left with what. I think people will be in for a surprise with this, Will. I'm pretty certain you're going to be in for a big, big surprise. I don't say that because I know. I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking that's the way he would have actually played it. He certainly wouldn't be leaving money any time soon to his cousin or possibly to his godson. I don't think he would have done. I think the will has been made for ages and ages. Amir Khan fears a new round of personal turmoil. After the star's long-rumoured sex tape was leaked online, three further... Videos are said to have been touted for sale and could also surface on porn websites. And uh, last, si- uh, last, uh, last night a source revealed this is a mortifying moment for Amir. He's a Muslim boxer and his personal life is under the microscope. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. can we get this right here? He's a Muslim boxer. What's that got to do with making a sex tape? Apart from the fact that just embarrassed his parents, who have now been made to look complete and utter fools, if it's true. Uh, the X-rated footage has been published on a major US porn website. It shows Khan in a T-shirt and boxer shorts performing a sex act while in conversation with a female model. It's believed to have been made just weeks after his wedding to the American Fariel in 2013. Uh, Fariel is, supposed, is uh, said to be absolutely disgusted. Well, I should imagine so too. But then there was always rumours about uh, Amir Khan, weren't there? He's always played away from bass. So, really, perhaps his parents, as opposed to picking on his wife, might want to take themselves, you know, to one side, look in the mirror and decide that uh, their son is the one at fault here. You know, But a uh, little bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? Because, you know, if you remember, Amir and Farrell's relationship has been rocked for years. alleged uh, uh, romps with glamour models. He obviously goes for a certain type. Carla Howe and uh, Natalia Fox. List Tanya Reid as well as bombarding a lap dancer with it. He's just a dirty boy. That's all you could say about him, you know. If if the tapes are true and they're being touted around in America, I mean, it could be a lookalike, couldn't it? Could be a lookalike. But uh, at the end of the day, it's rather sad, isn't it, for him? It is rather sad. A small wonder he's embarrassed. But there again, you know, you start performing on the internet for people, and the person on the other end, I'm mean, here, don't want to sort of kind of point you in the wrong direction, matey. They're going to be filming you. And once they feel because because you probably find the person who filmed him didn't have the faintest idea who he was. They've now found out. And that's, and that's what happens. It happens all the time. There's a Ricky Whittle sex tape doing the rounds. There's uh, Callum Best. Uh, there's just about everybody you can think of. Spencer Matthews. Poor little Spencer. We sent a sympathy card to him straight away. Uh, also, Jamie Lang. There's, uh, there's a Jamie Lang exposure. They're all, they're all doing it, mainly because they think it doesn't do them any harm. In Amir Khan's case, I hope the wife takes him for everything. But there again, I was secretly hoping that uh, that Nicola Hughes was going to be divorced after her disgraceful antics on Big Brother, celebrity or otherwise. Of course, she's not a celebrity. She just happens to be married to somebody who's equally not a celebrity. But uh, she got drunk, came on to somebody else on the programme. Her husband went up the wall. And yet there's a picture of him in the paper today with uh, a girl... Who he's been out for, uh, for dinner with. Well, we're assuming out for a di- they, they came out of a restaurant, so I'm assuming that would be uh, exactly what they'd been doing. And so people are saying, oh, I can find the paper it's in actually. And so people are saying now, and then he sticks his finger up to the camera. Rather silly little person. But there again, she's a bit silly as well, so perhaps they deserve each other. Perhaps they have one of those arrangements. Perhaps they have an arrangement whereby they do, um, they do everything. Uh, Faddy has many questions, this is Angry Cousin what's it got to do with a cousin, I've got no idea mind your own business, nothing to do with you if the family, you know, have it an, in hand it's got nothing to do with you but of course there's always going to be programmes on the television that are going to sort of have you sitting down there spouting something you know obviously very little about um, boom, boom, boom. oh, the 21st century, we've done that, living longer uh, also the, uh, the cadaver dogs hunting for the missing M and these are dogs who are trained to find bodies um, and so this is the missing airman. How Colleen, Colleen Rooney, <laughs> copes with life in the spotlight. Wayne just hates camera phones so much we never go out. But I can't stop taking pictures of our kids, so she takes pictures of the kids, which is great, it's fine. But uh, they're a very odd relationship, aren't they, really? Also, the jockey who rams arrivals to let his girlfriend win. Not the first time he's been uh, he's been in trouble with the jockey club. And also, police for investigating, after a pack of hunting dogs savaged a fox to death, Anti-hunt protesters filmed as the animal was torn to pieces. Footage shows the fox fleeing across fields with members of the Atherstone hunt following it. It's then attacked in a street, but an activist bravely steps in and lifts the bloodied animal in his arms. In North Wales, the fox later died. The hunt denied breaking the law and said the fox's death was an accident. But well, we were told some time ago that a lot of hunts... I don't know about anything about this, uh, this particular one, are in fact uh, breaking the law. Because they are in fact going out there and they are getting foxes. And they're not supposed to. They're not supposed to. It's supposed to be an against... When oh, am I done with that paper? Oh, it's there. Uh, I was trying to find the, uh, the picture uh, of uh, Honey G. Well, there is a picture of Honey G in the paper today, which is quite nice, isn't it? And here she is, X Factor Flop. Uh, She's now flogging her own range of homemade jackets, caps and teddy bears after a single failed to hit the top 100. I'm sorry, dear, it's finished. Finished. We've had a joke. We've had a laugh at your expense. Go back to where you came from. All right. And uh, they also say a long-term deal with Simon's company could be in jeopardy. Of course, nobody's interested. Nobody's really interested. The British public are way ahead of that one. You know, you spot a fake a mile off. Here is uh, Love Cheap football star Tom Williams leaving a restaurant. With a brunette while poor old Nicola is, uh, is dragging her weary carcass. I mean, it really is an embarrassment, honestly. 35-year-old woman getting drunk and draping herself over people is really the most humiliating ever. But um, he was far from happy at being snapped in London with this girl. So, but luckily they've got a nice piece. She then covers her face. Oh, darling, you'll be selling your story before the week's out. Of course you will. It's your only claim to fame. What else have you got in life? Nothing. Who'd you go out with? I don't know. I just went out with him. Of course, I love the way she's sort of covering her eyes. <laughs> Hilarious, isn't it? But um, uh, just before they were caught on camera, he posted a picture from inside the trendy eatery on Instagram. He said the message, OK, a couple more, but not long after he deleted it. He now plays for Arizona United in America. How class. But um, he's he's been close to people before, actually. In fact, he's done the rounds, but he found this girl. She was obviously willing to go out with a married man. And uh, and then covered her face. Well, obviously, she wasn't willing to go out with a married man. They can't make up their minds, these people, can they? They get a bit embarrassed. I'm sorry, we'll take a picture of you. Yeah, because I'm, like, now like, famous. Famous. And then there's a picture of Nicola McLean in the papers. She got drunk with uh, Jamie O'Hara. Really embarrassing, actually. Uh, she's probably just desperate to cling on to anybody. Also, celeb dogs. Ditched shame. I hate celeb dogs. I hate celeb dogs. These are flooding, rehoming centres... Uh, These are little tiny dogs. They're like accessories. Lots of people have been snapped with these handbag dogs. There's a 440% rise in the country of stupid people buying them. And they walk around with them tucked under their arms. It's a dog. Why have they not been arrested, these people, by the police for animal cruelty? It's a dog. Put it down on the ground. It walks. It's got four legs. The more you carry it, and these people, they treat it like it's some sort of some sort of pet, but not, not a proper pet, they don't know how to handle animals at all uh, the charity here which is the Dogs Trust they say uh, traffickers were adding to the scandal, exploiting the celebrity trend by illegally importing pets before selling them for up to two grand each I mean, you know, they're, they're ditched as, the, as well at the at the shelters, because people go I'm fed up with it now, I'm bored with it oh why, well, don't want it anymore it's a dog, what do, I mean, what do you think you're doing with it? Well, I don't want to carry it anymore, do I? Why? Well, because I've got, you know, like, handbag and fags. And so they don't bother. Pathetic, isn't it, really? Whenever I see people, I always go, oh, ghastly. I do it in a very loud voice as well. Uh, 84850, uh, now George's cousin, otherwise known hereafter as the one that George didn't speak to, um, has said this nobody shouldn't get a penny. What do you know about it? George was with him for four years. Said he wasn't talking to you for about ten, was he? So uh, I'd rather believe faddy. The person who was with him, the person who discovered him. And where were you? You were nowhere. Appearing on television, weren't you, talking about something that, uh, as I say, this nobody should not get a penny. Well, uh, George thought he was somebody, so he stayed with him for four years. Okay, End of story. Now go away
0: and stay away. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. So, uh, the drug dealers who were on benefits, nobody sussed them out at all. This is the the amateur drug lords Carl and Donna Honey Jones, a bigger pair of idiots should be hard pushed to find. They flooded the streets uh, with uh, Class A drugs to fund their lifestyle. They splurged forty grand on their wedding and took holidays in Florida. But of course, it all comes to an end. Where big buffoon, this is Carl Honey Jones, uh, goes to prison nine years. The court heard he had less than ten grand remaining from his one point one million pound drug earnings. Well, as so he comes out, the tax man's going to go and sit on him quite heavily. His wife got a twenty one month suspended sentence after pleading guilty to money laundering. Dear God in heaven, uh, apparently she's now she benefited to the, benefited to the tune of thirty nine grand, but now has just. £4,000 to her name. They come from Swansea. They drove around in an Audi and a BMW, both with private number plates. Oh, dear, what will you do for a living now, loves? Well, he's going to be in prison for a number of years, so you don't need to worry about it too much. Uh, the theft nerf, uh, nurse is in, uh, is in everywhere. Uh, and uh, the other one, the musical Mayhem, as La La Land sells out. Cinemas, putting in extra shows. Everybody raving about how brilliant this film is. I've got to get it. I've got to get it. I don't actually want to go and sit in a cinema. And watch it. I'm I'm sort of one of these people who, you know, if I sit in a cinema, there is a very good chance I could fall asleep. At least if I watch it at home and I fall asleep, I can watch it again. But if, in the, if I'm in the cinema, I've kind of sort of sort of lost it, haven't I? I think. Uh, Steve, I don't understand," says Mark. "Why Loose Women isn't pre-recorded or time delayed? You can't time delay a TV programme. It's not possible. And uh, and the reason is some of them are pre-recorded. They have two pre-recorded shows a week, mainly because they can't uh, they can't all get there for the for the same time. Uh Not the first time having swearing, you notice both times from children, first of all uh, Katie Price's son, Harvey, who used a very vulgar word, but there again, that's probably quite normal in their household and, uh, and now Daniela Westbrook's son, who kind of talked like this. don't know why perhaps he's got some Perhaps he's got some impediment or something. Uh, Katie Price ditches the family friendly image since when did Katie Price have a family friendly image? The woman just does nothing but moan in that nasally dreary voice, so now she's got a calendar out where she just looks ropey. But you know how airbrushed she is, because you know what she looks like normally. And then you see this picture here. I mean, back in 1999, she looked quite normal. Now she just looks a bit freakish, which is not really the best look to have if you're trying to sell something like that. But somebody will buy it. I don't know who. Must be somebody somewhere. I don't know who her fan would be. I mean, I really don't know who Katie Bryce's fans are bewildered people i should imagine people who sort of believe that she's uh, she's worth clinging on to for some i can't i can't quite understand it i really can't but uh, there again stranger things in heaven and earth porn on public transport says adam another good reason not to use buses and trains See, i can't believe that people actually sit there but i've seen the footage on the internet of people sitting there surrounded by other people watching porn i mean to be honest with you i'd i'd have had the place you know stopped Maybe the bus stopped or the train stopped. That's what I'd do. Get the person arrested by the police watching porn. Are you mad? Obviously, yes. And obviously some sort of pervert, I should imagine. Uh, to Richard Littlejohn's column. I don't know where he writes this from. I'm assuming he's on holiday somewhere. Uh, it's a very bizarre column. It used to be sort of quite good. And then it's sort of descended into sort of as if he's writing a script for a TV show. Which doesn't, doesn't quite work for me, actually. Uh, plus the, the betrayal of the Beach Britons. Uh, which is in all the papers for today. And I don't know if um, if they're going to be talking about it with uh, with Nick Ferrari, because Nick's going to be... I think he's going to be talking about Trump calling on NATO and calling them obsolete. So I wonder if it's the end of the international relations. The, the snap election, which has been called in Northern Ireland, a sign of instability ahead? Question mark. And Theresa May poised to make her landmark speech on Brexit, so we get your hopes for what you want to hear. Also, our reporter investigating holiday websites promoting trips in locations the Foreign Office deem too unsafe to visit, because that's what you should do. If you've thought about holiday, you think about where you're going to have it, then you go to the Foreign Office website to check and see what they say about it. Plus, violence reported in youth prisons, as the government still not have a handle on it? Of course not. They seem to have a handle on most things, do they, really? But looking at the 30 UK victims of the Tunisia massacre, who died after local police deliberately slowed down on their way to tackle the ISIS gunmen. And so there's a picture of all the uh, the people. Um, I mean, it's tragic when you watch back the footage. You can't quite believe what you're watching, can you? You can't believe that somebody can seriously walk up a beach with an AK-47 and just fire indiscriminately. I mean, really, just just terrible. And uh, and the Tunisian police, who apparently are at fault here, and that's what the uh, the inquest is is saying. Uh, also, um, uh, rural teens, how long to get to school? 75 minutes, they say. 75 minutes. But then, you know, coming into town, you can, it can take you forever and a day, depending on which route you take and which, which sort of, uh, you know, time of the day you're doing it. Because that's where... I still see kids now wandering around during the daytime and you think, shouldn't you be at school? And sometimes they're wandering around with their parents. You don't quite understand what they're doing. Unless they're just skiving. I'm interested in the architect. This is Zaha Hadid whose designs included London's Olympic Aquatic Centre in her will she left 67 million pounds good god her business partner German architect Patrick Schumacher was bequeathed half a million making him the only non-family beneficiary named in the will listed as an executor with her niece Rana Hadid artist Brian Clark and former serpentine gallery chairman Peter Palumbo she was unmarried no children she left 1.7 million to her four nieces and nephews while her brother received half a million pounds 67 million pounds good god actually it was 70.8 million uh, after debt 67 so she lost about three million wow well, that is amazing isn't it really when you think there are people out there that she got money like that imagine if you win the lottery tonight you could have the same i think it's about 60 something million pounds on euro millions i wouldn't mind willing that winning that that'd be quite nice wouldn't it really Uh, Plus, um, whose birthday we got? Oh, it would have been Muhammad Ali's birthday today. Muhammad Ali's birthday would have been today. Uh, And also David Lloyd George. Plus also, happy birthday to uh, Michelle Obama. It's her birthday today. If only she'd gone up for the presidency. She'd have walked it. She absolutely would have walked it. I swear to God. Swear to God, I think she would have bought... The, the, the public and everybody seem to absolutely adore Michelle Obama. She doesn't seem to have done anything wrong. Could she have coped with being president? Of course she could have done. Let's face it, if uh, if, if Trump can manage to get his head around it, sort of, in his own little way, then uh, she definitely can. Why, she didn't go for it. I don't know why. Uh, the cough remedies that actually work. It's very interesting because you know that the, the cough industry is worth billions of pounds every year because we, we we do anything as opposed to just going out there and getting something and so what they're doing is giving uh are they giving marks yes for all of them so who's got the best marks oh there's a 10 out of 10 a 10 out of 10 here uh the others are eight out of 10 seven out of 10 two out of 10 uh one here this is seven out of 10 8 out of 10, 6 out of 10, 8 out of 10. So which one is the 10 out of 10? This is the cough remedy that actually works. I know you're clinging on every word. Try not to cough through the answer. It's not shop-bought. It's homemade. Okay. The syrupy mixture works as a so-called demulcent. So it helps suppress the cough reflex by coating the throat. Homemade. Hot honey and lemon. Okay so that's all you have to do hot honey and lemon and you can you can make it yourself you just get some lemon not not difficult to get is it lemon you must have seen them on sale somewhere and, uh, and you get some honey uh, my advice would be manuka honey because it's the best honey from New Zealand that you can get it's not cheap but it does last a long while you'll discover that the sell by date is uh, is generally sort of months and months, if not a year in advance at least. So that's what it is. And if you really want to add to it, then you add uh, whatever it was, that other thing. I'll, I'll remember it in a moment. But uh, homemade hot honey and lemon drink. You want to stop it? Don't The other stuff, I mean, the one that got two out of ten is uh, is Boots Paracetamol and Codeine Tablets. Uh, Bell Simple Linktus got eight out of ten. Uh, Vicks Vaporub, seven out of ten. But if you want ten out of ten... Homemade hot honey and lemon. And that's the thing that works. If you've got one of those coughs and it really is driving you absolutely mad, then uh, try try that one. Because it's worked for me. I mean, I did it. I didn't uh, use any proprietary brands when I got my, my cough. Uh, I just used uh, Manuka honey in hot water. I didn't put lemon in it, actually. I just put turmeric in. Turmeric... Uh, very good for all sorts of things Uh, happy birthday Pointless but please keep Richard in his place says Christopher Stevens I like them, I like Pointless and now we've been told, how we know this I don't know that it's the Queen's favourite programme she likes things like that, I can imagine she would go for Pointless, she probably doesn't know who any of the celebrities are either on the programme seeing as we don't know who any of them are half the time you have to try and work out and they go this is so and so and you go, I have to google people I never know otherwise, I've got no idea uh, still to come, key to a longer life is coffee. Coffee. Uh, litter in Ealing, in which case, for God's sake, don't pour it down the drain. Get the interceptors to do it for you. You know, just get a, get, get a police car next to you and give it to the policeman and say, you couldn't, I'm sorry, my hand's a bit arthritic. Could you pour that down the drain for me? And then see if the uh, the manby pamby uh, litter people in Ealing rush over and go, I think that's an £80 fine for you. That's what they did to her. And uh, eventually, it, when it was sort of upheld to start with, went to court and everything went, no, it stands. And then eventually, when a, when a website got involved, Ealing Council backed down like there was no... T- well, we think, you know, we've on reflection, we've had a look at it and we've decided she was obviously doing the right thing, which is what... I mean, what do you expect her to do? Throw it in the road or something? There's some really dumb people out there. Perhaps they don't train them anymore. Perhaps people don't get
0: trained. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, a pretty nice, happy company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, Tuesday, the seventeenth of January. I was just watching. Somebody sent me in something very kindly. Why you find this? I've got no idea. It's uh, somebody going for the Guinness Book of Records. Is that from? Was it from Angela? Uh, she said, "Happy, blessed Tuesday." I think every day is a blessed Tuesday. And um, and uh, it's two people going upstairs in Italy, ninety stairs, with one balanced on the other one's head. She thinks uh, she thinks that that we, we could try that in the studio. I did say as soon as I saw it, I said, but these are circus performers. This is no hardship for them at all to do this, because if you're if you're Chinese circus performers, you're not going to go into the middle of Guangdong province and find people with lions and tigers. You're going to find people who do balancing, riding on bicycles, you know, doing all sorts of acrobatics sort of thing I'd love to do. But, you know, I'd never find anybody strong enough to lift me. And secondly, I'd, I'd get very dizzy upside down, you know, and I would be the one on his head. It would, you know, and he would buckle under the weight. It's as simple as that. We'd only get about three stairs and we'd then just collapse in laughter, probably. And I'd be dropped and then I'd have brain damage. And then and that'd be at the end of a career. You know, you imagine trying to do a programme like this one after you've done. I mean, it'd be lovely to do I sometimes look at these sort of people. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of circus. I was a little bit disappointed that Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey... Uh, closed down after 146 years, because that was an American institution. I appreciate the fact that times have changed in circuses and uh, people complain about just about everything. And, um, uh, oh, the, the the thing you forgot about the honey and lemon was a large shot of rum, says Sid. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I don't think you need the rum. Turmeric's much better. But a spoonful of manuka honey, stir it into... It's delicious, I promise you. And it, it, Because that cough is the worst thing uh, there is apparently a chemist in Carmarthen that make their own cough medicine to an old secret recipe, and it stops your coffee and <laughs> stops your coffee, stops your cough in its tracks. Yeah, I just think though, but out of all those ones that they they've tested, I'm sure the manufacturers would be more than happy to sell you as many, you know, expensive cough me- And I've tried everything. Believe you me. Oh, my screen's gone dark. Oh, it's come back again. Um, I've tried everything over the years. You have to if you if you're a broadcaster. Whether you be radio or television, much more so for radio. You know, if you sat here, and I have sat here in the past, where I've literally every few seconds I've had to cough because I can't do anything about it. It's like somebody's got a feather and they've tickled the back of your throat. It's the most annoying cough I've ever had. It got so bad they went, You need to take a couple of days off. You really do. And so uh, I've gone, oh, Okay. But you can't do anything about it. You know, you drink soup or you drink all sorts of uh, things that you think are good for you. And you think, Oh, perhaps it'll go away. And then for about five minutes you go, That's fantastic, it's finished. And then lo and behold, back it comes again. So if you've got the cough, try that one. So honey and lemon, but bearing in mind, decent honey. And I know you're, you're going to kill me for this one and go, oh, it could be any honey. No, Manuka honey. It's got medicinal qualities. Other honey probably might have it, but not as strong as Manuka honey. And get the best one you can afford. They do lots of different strengths of Manuka honey. And I bought the best one. And it, it's seriously expensive. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't warn you if I didn't think it was necessary to tell you that it's around about 40 pounds for a pot of manuka honey. If you buy the very best, it's terribly, terribly expensive, but you don't, you know, it lasts for ages. And if, it, if it's something like that long term, I think it's better for you. And then you do a squeeze of lemon in there. And that's quite nice. And then a little bit of turmeric. And that's uh, and that's all you need. And you just sip that slowly. A little bit difficult on this programme because I am talking all the time. The only ad break you—sorry—the only break you get is during the advertisements, and um, and even then you are sort of sipping it, sipping it, sipping it. I used to think that soup was very good if you had a, a sore throat, and then I suddenly realised why would soup be good for you? I don't know why. I've become addicted to this haddock chowder from Marks and Spencers. I don't normally become addicted to uh, fish because I am not a fish kind of person. But um, we used to have haddock at school years ago. Don't ask me why. I I grew up to loathe the smell of haddock. And yet I was strangely drawn to it about five years ago. And I thought, oh, I'll I'll get that. It looked lovely. It was that sort of orangey sort of colour. It had a little knob of butter in there, all shaped like a sun. And and I took it home, opened it up, and it had black skin on the back. And so I threw it away. I can't eat anything with black skin on. I really can't. I know people do. I've seen them cooking it on the television. But uh, haddock haddock. That was my big thing for school. Every day of the week, haddock. You you, you became to loathe haddock for breakfast every blooming morning. Uh, What have we got in the Express today? Uh, Nick Knowles, stress almost ruined my life. He, um, I think his latest marriage has uh, has split up. He was always a bit of a naughty boy with the ladies, was Nick Knowles. And I speak from experience. I can speak from experience because uh, he used to, uh, he just likes the ladies, that's all I can tell you. He likes the ladies a lot, but he also does that excellent programme, DIY SOS, and that is the programme to end all programmes. It's, like, I can't describe what I think it is Uh I, I, I don't know at what point I kind of get this overwhelming feeling of what a fantastic country we have and how people pull together. They were he was appealing. Oh, I had to laugh actually because he he went onto a BBC local radio station to appeal for certain Didn't get any response at all going to prove to me that he might as well just close down BBC Local Radio, uh, really. I mean, I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a sort of depressing kind of a way. I just sort of think that he, he went on there to say, we need plasterers. We've only got two. We need a load of plasterers to turn up to help us with this youth club thing. And they got all sorts of nice people, but no response from the BBC Local Radio. Uh, until. And then a load of people turned up later, which was good. But I think word of mouth spread. People called in favours and phoned up friends. And they all turned up. And they did this this youth club for these kids where they put in a... A music studio, a proper kitchen where they could learn to cook. There was an outside exercise area. There was a hall where they could sort of play games. There was a snooker room. It had everything because these kids didn't have anything and kids get bored. That's why they hang around on street corners and cause trouble. You know, you've seen it on the Interceptors, kids standing there. There's two kids up in court at the moment throwing bricks at taxis in Birmingham. One hit a woman in the back of the taxi throwing bricks at taxis. What sort of pond life does that? Why would these people do it? Uh, Kevin says, if you don't have turmeric, try grating root ginger. Yeah, I'm not. um, I mean, I don't. I'm sure that root ginger is lovely. And I know people use it in smoothies and everything else. But I think if you're doing it in a hot drink, it's got to be turmeric. It's It's not very expensive. In fact, it's probably cheaper than root ginger, I should imagine. Uh, Also, uh, the British still backing the royals, thanks to the Queen. I think everybody loves the Queen. I don't know anybody who doesn't love the Queen, who doesn't begrudge her anything at all. They really don't. Uh, The police sergeant, who's been sacked after having hug breaks with a young control room handler. Uh, This man also had sex outside work with the junior worker who was less than half his age. He didn't attend the hearing, uh, also cooed, at female officers, he found attractive and referred to one as a hot cop. Apparently you can't do that now. You're not allowed to coo at somebody or sort of go, coo. I, mean, I don't think people like that. They, they, they take that as, uh, as an offence. So he made derogatory and inappropriate sexual remarks. Uh, he's been sacked. He's 52. On one occasion, he was said to have looked a woman sergeant up and down in a sexually suggestive way. His actions were deemed to be gross misconduct. The sergeant had dismissed complaints of sexual innuendo as banter. But the chief constable, Simon Eden, says those who made statements are clear and correct in what they are saying. And um, so so the trouble is nowadays people just you can't do that. Years ago, you could go up to somebody, you could put your arm around them and go, should we go for a drink? Nowadays, you do that. They go, that's inappropriate behavior. So if you're a tactile person, I mean, I touch nobody. I touch. I don't want anybody to touch me either. To be honest with you, I'm not I'm not really very good at sort of you know the touching kind of thing. But uh, but you do see people who are very very tactile. They can't help it. It's just it's in it's part of their makeup. It's an affection thing, isn't it? I don't know what else you're supposed to say to somebody if you like them. Do you have to wait till they sort of hit on you before you hit on them? I mean I, I don't really know how it works. But anyway, he's, he's lost his job, and. Um, and that was for, for hugging people. But I think sometimes hugging could be a little bit inappropriate. Do you not know think? You know, if if somebody was you know, if somebody sort of came up to me in the morning and went, Hello I've done that though. I've, I've just realized I have done that. I've come in here and, and hugged somebody. But but you, it's obviously not very uh, not not very appropriate. Which is funny, isn't it? Because otherwise you don't get much love being shared around. And I always think we should have a, a little bit of love. That's why when you watch the, the Nick Knowles program, there is so much love on that programme and it's so overwhelming. For the people who take part in it, the builders and the people who are the recipients of what these people do. You know, no matter what you think about builders, you go, oh, not builders again. You know, it's like white van man. It's that that kind of mentality. But uh, these are grown men who literally have got tears rolling down their cheeks at the end of this programme. I mean, I'm in a terrible state. I'm the world's worst you know, I am the original, I'm the, I'm the absolute dream person for watching a television programme. Because if it's something emotional, like doing a good deed for a family who've got a disabled child who can't get around anywhere. Oh, God, these people bend over backwards. They bend over backwards to make sure that they've got, you know, the very best that they can put together. <clears throat> Excuse me. They, they have everything. You know, couples who've said, right, you know, they're all standing there and they say, now you can open your eyes. And they open their eyes. It's like they're in another house. Because some of them, they've literally taken out ceilings, they've taken out the roofs, they've put in walk-in showers, they've put in all the latest electronics. And then, you know, the the family emerge and they don't know what to say. And that's what we do really well. They do it well in America, but it's a bit more schmaltzy. It's a bit more, you know, the the presenter of it. Whereas Nick Knowles is a very sort of down-to-earth, he doesn't jump up and down and get excited. He's a blokey bloke. I promise you, he's a blokey bloke. There's nothing, there's nothing sort of showbiz, really, about Nick at all. He's a blokey bloke. And that's how the programme comes over. Whereas in America, they've got this bloke called Ty who leaps up and down like he's on Trill or something. You know, saying, oh, my God, we can't believe it. Your house is here. Look what you've done. Oh, yeah. And everybody cheers and claps. And it's all very Americanized. Whereas over here, you've got Nick Knowles and a team of people, some of whom work on all these uh, projects, and then the others who come in there and just get embroiled in what they've done. And when, when the family, as I say, come out or the, the youth group or the group of pensioners who've had their, their sort of uh, halls all done up by, by the team. I mean, you cannot buy that. You cannot buy that. It's brilliant. I mean, if they're not going to use Noel Edmonds for, you know, on the BBC for Noel's Christmas presents, why don't they do Nick Noel's Christmas presents? Nick Knowles. I mean, I know that he does do one because he's enlisted, I think, Harry and William before now. They sort of pitched up and put... Uh, not that we thought they knew one end of a <laughs> the paintbrush from the other, but it was quite entertaining. But uh, I think they should let Nick Knowles do Knowles's Christmas presents, Nick's Christmas presents, because he could do it really well because he just does it. There's no sort of excitement. He just does it. I think he'd be excellent at that. Seriously. I think I, that's just me. Listen, I speak out of the box. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Dev Patel... He's, uh, he's got a, a new film, Lion, and uh, he says, I didn't have to put on an Indian accent this time around. I'm looking for, we were offered him a short while ago. I turned him down, actually, because I'd, I'd, I had loads of, of guests in that, uh, that particular week and we couldn't accommodate him. Otherwise, I'd have had him back in again. Very clever actress. Uh, previously admitting to finding exercise a chore, but uh, surprise, surprise, Michelle Keegan... Won't be joining the hordes of actresses who invest in a personal trainer. She feels it compromises her freedom. Too much, uh, too much publicity at the moment, I think. Too much publicity. Uh, here's the supergran. She turns 105. Her name is Lucinda Edge. And uh, she's got 55 grandchildren. And you know, she can remember the name of every single one of them. not that amazing? At 105.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Only everybody. ten to six is the time. So I'm gearing up for Friday, getting a bit excited about what uh, what entertainment they're having for Trump's inauguration. At the moment, it's looking a little bit thin on the ground. I saw some people rehearsing the other day on the uh, on the television. It looked uh, a little bit poor, to say the least. I think the idea what I mean they were at one point. Don't ask me why. but thinking of having Charlotte Church. Who in earth? Who would do it? Maybe Kanye West could do it. I mean, I don't... You know, See, so the trouble is, I think, whoever does it is going to be targeted, aren't they, from the, from the offset, I should imagine. Uh, except by Katie Hopkins, who's going to love every minute of it. She's a huge supporter of Trump. And uh, there's all these women who are going to be over there dressed as pussycats, I think. She was explaining to us on her show this weekend and I was listening to it thinking so she's going and she was trying to work out what she was going to dress as which would infuriate pussycats because being a big supporter of Trump Farage I think is invited as a guest so he'll be doing some pieces for LBC and Ian Dale's going to be over there with his uh, producer so that'll be nice so we'll get a good flavour of it I don't know what they're going to do I mean, I really don't know what they're going to do, whether or not they're going to sort of do the big razzmatazz and somebody jumps out of a birthday cake. or If it's going to be Kanye West, that'll be interesting, sort of. Well, for them, not for me. I couldn't bear him. Uh, cough Cure Steve, uh, two bars of x lax chocolate. Yes. For those people who don't know, it's a laxative. That would be the, uh, the, too frightened to cough, I should imagine. And uh, Vivid Enfield says, it's my birthday today, starting off with you and a cuppa. Perfect. She says, another year with you. Thank you. I know another year. Good grief, honestly, it is. And actually, we're doing we're doing quite well at the moment. Uh, Noreen's not at all well. Ever since we had that uh, that fall, she's not at all a well bunny. So I hope that she's uh, she's feeling a little bit better. It can't be much fun, can it? If you're laid up, it's uh, it's not a lot of fun. So lots of love to you from uh, from all the gang, as they say. Uh, old wives' tale moment reference a cough. My mum used to mix sugar with butter so it formed a paste which you ate and it would coat the throat and stop the cough. Oh, God. Actually, I've heard of sugar and butter mixed together. I mean, oh, I've just realised there's they make a cake, isn't it? But uh, it, it helped me sleep. But more importantly, uh, it, uh, it let my parents go to sleep, which was good. Yeah, sugar and butter together. Why sugar and butter? My mother used to make, I'm sure that was a cake mix. And then she'd let you lick the bowl. I can't imagine why. It sounded disgusting. It even sounds disgusting now, repeating it. But uh, but that was it. But uh, turmeric is the be-all and end-all. You, you can sometimes, if you were going to have a, a cough cure that you could sort out yourself, just do the manuka honey with the turmeric. Not a huge amount of turmeric, not a huge amount. I would think about a quarter of a teaspoon. That would be more than it. Don't do a heap teaspoon, for God's sake. Just do about a quarter of a teaspoon. Not very much at all, just enough. And you could probably drop out the lemon juice. You wouldn't need to worry about the lemon juice. If you wanted to mix honey and lemon, because they say honey and lemon soothes, but uh, make it yourself. Save a small fortune. And that jar will see you... Th- I promise you. I've had a jar of manuka honey at home now for... God, oh, it seems like ages and ages. There's a, a pocket Bible. This is the hole Bible. Uh, the hole in it is uh, is a bullet which went through the Bible. This is... It saved the life of a First World War soldier. It's emerged more than 100 years later. Leonard Knight was 17 when he enlisted to fight, and his aunt, Minnie Yates... There's a name you don't hear nowadays, isn't it? Minnie. Gave him what was to be the life-saving little book. It's thought Leonard was carrying the Bible in the breast pocket of his uniform when the German bullet hit. The round penetrated the hardback cover, but incredibly, it was halted around 50 pages from the end of the book, and the young soldier escaped without a scratch. It's not known what happened to the young soldier after the, the near miss... Uh, his descendants know he was born in 1898, grew up in Wichbold, uh, but he disappeared after the conflict and information about his wartime service is scarce. However, his Bible has been passed down through the five generations of the family, and it's now in the hands of Paula Ryan and her daughter Claire. Claire, the great, great granddaughter of Minnie Yates, first learnt of the Bible when her grandmother, Sheila Cater, brought it out to show the family. Claire... An activities coordinator at a nursing home said she was so proud of it and kept it in a special biscuit tin. So there you go. And uh, they they have tried to find out uh, his military record, but unfortunately lots of the MOD records from the First World War were destroyed during the Second World War. He disappeared after the war, so nobody knew what happened to him. I think my granny showed the Bible to the Imperial War Museum once, but she never followed it up and it was hard to keep in touch back then. But they've got it, and that's what you... That's what you keep, isn't it? These are your family keepsakes. The Holy Bible that saved this 17-year-old's life. And it was just inscribed to Leonard with love from Aunt Minnie. July 1915. And the bullet still embedded in the pages. I mean, look at that. For history. For history. But where he went to, we don't know. We don't know. And why did the Imperial War Museum want it? Uh, eight men as wealthy as half the world. There were £350 billion What do they manage to spend it on? Well, in the case of uh, the richest man is Bill Gates. Um, He's uh, he married Melinda French, a project manager at Microsoft. They have three children. He lives in a, a mansion overlooking Lake Washington in Washington State on the West Coast. Took seven years to build at a cost of 55 million and incorporates a high tech sensor system that allows guests to set their own temperatures and lighting. Uh, when asked to choose a luxury item on Desert Island Discs, he selected a DVD collection of educational lectures. He's worth 62 billion, so to spend 55 million on a house is nothing at all, but it is—it's big, 66,000 square feet. That is a big property. So, uh, but I, I, he always just seems to be terribly unassuming. I think they've—they've they've sort of designated their their money to be given away. Uh, Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, is worth 37 billion. I'm tempted to say because they don't pay any tax. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, Warren Buffett. This is the investment guru worth 50 billion. And there's a picture of um, of Bill Gates's house. God, it's big. It is. I mean, how two people survive in that? I can't imagine. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, founder of Bloomberg Data, worth 33 billion. Larry Ellison, Oracle Software, worth 35 billion. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook co-founder. 36 billion. 36 billion. Uh, He spent more than 37 million buying a 5,000 square foot home and then all the other land and buildings around it. So in October, he bought 750 acres in Hawaii and he paid 83 million. He drives a Volkswagen GTI with a manual transmission, cost him 25,000. One business rival said of him, he's the poorest rich person. I've ever seen in my entire life. Because there's no... You don't have to be spending money, do you? You don't have to be... Just because people have got loads and loads of money doesn't mean that they live flash. Unless they're what I call sort of new, new money. So the Tamara Ecclestons would be a flash spender. You know, she would be somebody who sort of would go out and buy things because she's never actually had to work. Her father has done all the work for her. And so that's why she just goes out and buys things, but then is vulgar with it. So it's vulgar money, which is not the same. Uh, Andrew says they should send Honey G over to Trump's inauguration. She'd go to the opening of an envelope at the moment. I don't know, in fact, the envelope would be inviting Honey G. The envelope would want somebody a little bit classier. And uh, for my sins, uh, I watched Loose Women yesterday, says Sarah. Daniela Westbrook's son speaks as though he's a gangster and dropped the F-bomb. What does that say about Miss Westbrook? It says that they use filthy language at home. That's what it says to me. With respect, Katie Price's son is disabled. Nobody can overlook his indiscretion. Daniela, as a parent, has no excuse. She has no excuse for anything in her life. But it's, it's, it's why he's you know, he taught like this. It's a bit like that other bloke. Who was that bloke who was in that, uh, that group who sort of like, talked like that? And he was another one. Uh, and people are going, I'm sorry, could you speak properly? What's his name? I can't remember. He had a programme about him on the farm or something, ages and ages ago. And uh, he was in a group. He used to have his trousers halfway down his bottom. I'm a peculiar child. And it turns out he came from Enfield. What was his name? What was his name? I can't remember. The producer looking vaguely at me. He was, he was another one who sort of spoke like that. And him and his wife, I think it was his wife, had a programme about how they survived on the farm. Come on, somebody will tell me. Somebody will know the answer to this question. Very rarely do I have to sit here in my ignorance, going, I've got no idea what this is and nobody else knows what it is either. You will know, because he also talked like this. And I was going, what's he talking like? He comes from Enfield. Why is he talking like that? And then Daniela Westbrook's son, who went through the same peculiar motion, because I's a rapper. Sorry, dear? Because I's a rapper. No, because I am a rapper. What's the matter with you? And then he let fly with a rude word. But there again, he probably uses that all the time. So uh, marvellous, isn't it? That, uh, I wonder if she got a fee for that programme, that could be interesting, couldn't it, to find out uh, I had to make a change, says uh, Nick Knowles, and so he learnt yoga in Thailand and he says I was so stressed I had to make that change there'll be people listening to this programme now, I'd be saying exactly the same new year, new me, that's what people say isn't it, new year, new me I'm going to turn over a new leaf, I'm going to eat healthily, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that and we never get round to doing it I don't know why we don't do it. Is it because we we get bored? Is 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 it sort of because we think, oh, I just really can't be bothered to start doing exercise and going to the gym. But I know people who are obsessed with it and they do it and then they get beyond that stage where they absolutely love going to the gym and they can't not go to the gym. I think Ali Jones goes to the gym. He's another one who's he's a bit like me. We're both prone to sort of putting on a little bit in all the wrong departments. And uh, But he's sort of good and does go and work out, and I'm not good and don't go and work out. But I can tell you, I've got the news at six, which is next. I'm Steve Allen. It's LBC.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. It's coming up to five minutes past six. It's Tuesday, the 17th of January. I know, I know. You think it's dragging, isn't it? Have you got to that stage... Well, you're going. I really need to be paid. I really need to be paid. <laughs> the answer is you will be, but just not for about another eight days. Eight days. And um, the following people, thank you so much for telling me it's ABS, uh, ABS Breen. So thank you to Caroline in Havering, Diane in Canvey Island. Uh, Somebody saying it was ABS from Five. Uh, strange lad. Steve, always on the right stuff and all tattoos and very poor speech. He was another one who spoke like he was a gangster. And, you know, sort of taught like this. And, like, and he comes from Enfield. And he went to stage school. That's why it was so peculiar to watch poor old Daniel Westbrook's son. 20. But he does come with history. Uh, Steve, the gangster farmer you saw on TV. Abs from the Boy Band 5. Possibly if memory serves me. I think I saw an episode once. 30 minutes of my life. Says Prim, currently in Stamford Hill. I shall never get back again. I know. It was him on the farm. He was mad, wasn't he? Mad as a broomstick. Not quite as mad as... Uh, Caroline Havering knew that uh, it was abs on the farm. Somebody said, you were thinking of Brian Harvey. No, Brian Harvey's the one who fell out of the car, Jamie, as he was going round the corner. They've all done something. George Michael drove into Snappy Snaps, didn't he? What is it with people? I'm obviously, I'm obviously in the wrong job. Uh, Caroline, thank you. Rob in, uh, in Weedon. I've never even heard of Weedon, but I'm sure it's delightful. And, uh, he lives on his farm, says Diane in Canvey Island. Does he really? Does he really? The things you learn on this programme. Uh, Abs from Five says Mark in Kidderminster. That's where, that's, um, that's, um, James O'Brien territory, isn't it, Kidderminster? And there he is. This is Abs from Five's Brit Award reached a million pounds. But, of course, it was just, it was all fake, I'm afraid. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't real at all. He, he, put, he put his award on and, um... I don't think it actually got anything I don't think it got anything at all. It's just people having a laugh with him, but he didn't, he didn't quite realize it. He, he, he's got a small holding. who hasn't? In, uh, in Wales, he was starting a new life. He was selling the water to buy some topsoil and garden tools. He says, "Take advantage of my poverty and grab this rare opportunity." But uh, Unfortunately, when it went over a million, people suddenly realized that somebody was having a terrible laugh at his expense, and it didn't go for anything. And the group five just sort of disappeared, didn't they? Richie Neville ended up with that uh, girl from Atomic Kitten, Natasha. Uh, She's... I think she's another four-by-four. Four four children, four different fathers. Seems to be quite common nowadays, doesn't it? And that's why they call them, four-by-fours. I don't know if they called Ulrika Johnson a four-by-four. Because she's got four children, four different fathers. And Natasha did. And then uh, poor little what's-his-face disappeared and uh, and I don't know where he's gone to now. They had a little bit of publicity, and then she took up with somebody else, I think. Uh, Mick says it's abs. Yeah, thank you. Tony, I'd love to know where Whedon is. That sounds quite excited. Uh, a lot of people suggesting sending uh, Honey G over to the inauguration. Uh, but, as I say, I don't really think, actually, that uh, even Trump would be interested. I did actually uh, tweet the other day that I was settling down. I put the heating on yesterday, because it was... a a bit nippy. Put the heating on. Put some food on. Delicious. And, um, and then settled down to watch a film called Hue and Cry, which was an old British movie made with lots of famous people when they were children. And in fact, somebody wrote to me and said, my dad was one of the gang of, uh, of boys who were running around London, all the bomb sites and everything else. And it was good. Ironically, the, uh, the magazine that the story was printed in was called Trump. How appropriate was that, actually? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Danny Dyer's in the papers today. Weedon's in Buckinghamshire, actually, south of Hardwick. And um, uh, it's derived from the Old English for hill with a heathen temple. Uh, in records dated 1066, the village was recorded as Weodune. It's got a Methodist chapel and a pub called the Five Elms. You see, I quite like the idea of living in a village. Although I did speak to a friend of mine some time ago and he said it's ghastly. You know, you see people on the... Uh, oh, it's quite pretty, actually, isn't it? In a sort of, sort of quasi-British sort of thing. Quite, it, just, it just shows pictures of pubs, doesn't it? What are they, all alcoholics out there? Never seen so many pubs in my life. Oh, look, there's a train. Oh, that's nice. God, they've got all the modern amenities. I quite like that. And uh, it's quite a pretty place, isn't it? If you like that kind of thing. Seems to have everything. And they've got the heart of... England Hotel Whedon by Marston's Inn. And they've they've posted a picture of a burnt sandwich. It's apparently what they serve over there. I don't know why. Nice place, actually. If if you live there, you probably absolutely love it. It seems to have most things for people. Pubs. So, uh, (laughs) as long as you can get by with a pub, you should be all right, shouldn't you? 84850, steve at Um, lbc.co.uk. Chris Evans says it's hell to stay dry. Uh, He says that uh, he's fed up with dry January. People do that, don't they? I've got friends of mine who go, oh, I've actually managed to stay dry for, you know, three weeks or four weeks or something like that. I think it's like a New Year resolution. Uh, the picture of um, Nicola Hughes's husband in the paper. I wish somebody would send a picture in to her so she can see that he's, uh, he's taken somebody else out in the back of a taxi. She'd who's that then? Who's that? Because she talks like that. He'd be saying, it's the same as Jamie for you, isn't it? Luckily, he doesn't play football in this country anymore. Uh, George's cousin, I mean, really, who's who remotely interested... In this man who quite clearly didn't know George Michael at all. George hadn't spoken to him for donkey's years. Donkey's years. And he's, uh, he started criti- criticising um, Faddy. He says, This nobody shouldn't get a penny. Well, that nobody was with your cousin. What has it got to do with you? I've got no idea. But um, he was with him for four years. Ant and Decker made a bit of money 19 million. That's what they reckon. Strangely enough, Deck has edged ahead of Ant. They both got around nine and a half million tied up in projects. And uh, so they put an extra seven million into schemes, taking their investments up to nineteen million, according to the latest accounts. Two months ago, they signed uh, a new thirty million pound golden handcuff deal until twenty nineteen. So that's two years. That's only fifteen. That's only seven million each. The amount of programmes they do. you, if that's what they're earning. Imagine what old Schofield's earning. Old Schofield must be minting it. I did. We we did hazard a guess actually a short while ago of how much he was getting paid for this morning. It'll be more than Holly Willoughby. Be, I would have thought, because he's been presenting longer and she sort of came in afterwards. And um, I, I would Anton Decker on a thirty million pound <coughs> excuse me golden handshake. I would think he can't be far off that. They don't have anybody else, do they? Who else have they got on ITV? They've got Anton Deck. They've got Pipsco Field, and he seems to do every sort of program under the sun. Lorraine Kelly, not really, not in the same sort of vein. It should be only good money, but not not anything like that at all. Um, What else we got here? Oh, dogs trained to find dead bodies being used for Corry McKeague. This is this this young lad, the R.E.F. gunner who just disappeared, just vanished. On they've got him on CCTV, and he's just vanished. Into thin air. They found, we think, the telephone. Whether that gave them any clues, I've got no idea. Uh, the Cilla Black surprise, surprise uh, is out now. She died in... Do you know she died 2015? 2015. 2015. I remember it so well. So, so well. Uh, there's a weedon in Northampton too, says Carolyn Newark. Trust the trust the producer to only find the one that's down the road from here. Uh, Cliff Richard on his holiday. Enjoying it by the look of it. So, uh, so he should do. Uh, Jordan's calendar. I mean, they say it's available from celebrity merchandise. Who buys these sort of things? I've been mean, always curious. We used to get sent them in here in boxes. Boxes of calendars would come in of, you know, take that and all these sort of people. Uh, Steve, uh, the London Borough of Hackney, says Jim, we get paid on the 15th of the month. So paid just before Christmas and early in the new year. Oh right, the 15th. Oh, it's, still, it's, it's like playing catch-up though, isn't it? It's like playing catch-up. I think, uh, I think around here we're about the 25th. I think we're about the 25th, something like that. And uh, the village in Northamptonshire, that's this, this village, Wheaton, on the A5, not far from the M1, says Ian. I used to deliver to the doctor's surgery there. The practice manager used to travel up from near Reading every day. Oh, right, is it? Is it quite close then to Reading? I don't know. I'm not really good with motorways. I don't know where motorways go nowadays. I always sort of go, oh, right, the M1, which was obviously the first motorway. And... Um, and you think, oh, well, that's actually quite nice, isn't it? The motor. I used to like motorway driving. Bores me witless now. Abs- I cannot bear motorway driving. It's so dark. Why can't they have things that sort of keep you entertained on the motorway? Like sort of moving signs or, you know, some sort of something that makes life a little bit more interesting as you're going along. Because uh, just driving down the motorway, watching the car in front of you is the most boring thing under the sun. Uh, what have we got in The Guardian this morning? Uh Mary Beard versus Erin Banks. Marina Hyde referees a match made in Rome. I like Marina Hyde. We used to love her column in one of the Sundays. We used to read it all the time. I think she was employed by Piers Morgan. In fact I'm ninety nine per cent certain she was uh, she was employed by him. Rolls Royce agreed to pay six hundred and seventy one million over a bribery claim. To uh, land export contracts, the settlement means the engineering giant will avoid being prosecuted by anti-corruption investigators in the UK, America, and Brazil. Although individual executives may still be charged. Wow, 671 million. Although nothing, actually, anything. Six hundred and seventy-one million. And you look at how much Bill Gates has got, which is sixty-six billion. Do you think he gets bank statements? Do you think, that, do you think that's a normal thing to get? Banks. You think he goes to the wife? You've overspent a bit this month, haven't you, at the co-op? Look at that. That bill's just come in. £66 You must have an army of people who can sort things like that out, I should imagine.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 20 minutes past six. Coming up with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Trump has called NATO obsolete. Is it the end of international relations as we know them? A snap election's been called in Northern Ireland. Is it a sign of instability ahead? And Theresa May's poised to make her landmark speech on Brexit. We get your hopes for what you want to hear. We also have our reporter investigating holiday websites, promoting trips in locations the Foreign Office deem too unsafe for you to visit. Plus violence reported in youth prisons. Does the government still not have a handle on it? That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast from seven o'clock this morning, right here on LBC. Uh, Apparently... Uh, the M1 wasn't the first motorway. It's called the M1 as it's relief road for the A1. Is that a fact? Well, it shows how little I know. Then why would the uh, why would the M1? Because the A1 is is an off road. It's like a B road. Doesn't really count at all, does it? The A1. So it's a relief road for the A1. No, Danny, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Somebody else would have to convince me of that. Uh, Steve Manuka's kept me cold free for years. I also use pure Manuka Manuka honey lozenges. Not cheap. Uh, don't read brand names out. Oh, right. What? Manuka. Well, the trouble is you have to tell people because it's the best honey. Because you can buy honey anywhere. You can go into a supermarket, go to Waitrose or something like that. You'll see a bewildering array of honey. Which one do you use? Cloudy honey? Clear honey? Runny honey? You know, which one's got the medicinal uh, properties? Manuka honey. And it only comes from bees in New Zealand that have eaten or nectared from manuka. And that's, uh, that's it, actually. Uh, James says, the, the Trump was the name of the comic which featured a serial story which tipped off a gang of robbers in the 1940s. Uh, I know, I've just read that. I was just watching it yesterday. Harry Fowler, uh, Jack Warner, Alistair Sims. Great film. Actually, it fits into a whole, whole raft of those old British films, which are absolutely fantastic. Uh, Kitty says, I thought the radio was meant to keep me entertained on the motorway, Steve. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think the radio keeps you entertained on the motorway. I mean, the radio is standard. I think you should have things to look at on the motorway radios for listening to but you know as as you're presumably with sight presumably with with sight I'm, I'm assuming you would want things by the side of the motorway why can't we have billboards all running down the motorway or sort of big ones every so often which is quite nice we have the thing that goes accident ahead and then you get there and there is no accident ahead it's just we've all slowed down you just get static off that fantastic i was hoping you would get that and um But having big billboards down that advertise it, that'd be quite entertaining. You just need something apart from watching cars. And if you're nighttime driving at this time, what are you looking at? Just white lines. That's all it is. Dreadful. I mean, really, really. I'm not surprised people fall asleep. It becomes mesmerizing. It becomes as if you've been hypnotized. And you and you just sort of fall into that trap. Motorway driving. God, I used to hate motorway. I still don't like it. Uh, good feature in the Telegraph today, Inside Secrets of the Celebrity Canteen. This is the Ivy. Uh, the Ivy turns 100. It's very difficult to get a table. Uh, they don't need to make it difficult for you. It's just that they are booked most of the time. Uh, I'm sure that there are ways round it. If you're a huge international celebrity, uh, that it means you can get a table in there. Uh, but the one thing I always learned was that at the weekend, celebrities don't go there because that's for people for out of town who can go there. I mean, lots of people have been. If you look at the Ivy's cast list and, you know, because we talked to the uh, to the maitre d' who featured on In Conversation. It's a fascinating life. You know, you've got to juggle everything. You've really got to learn how the business works, you know, what people want, what they... I mean, I've eaten there a few times. I'm lucky enough to say I've eaten there a few times because they do food that I understand. (laughs) I don't want to go to a really posh place. It is a posh place, but I don't want to go to a really posh place where they kind of look down their nose at me. Raymond Briggs says, I know I'm nearing the end. People do that, don't they? People say, who is it the other day i was talking to somebody and they said that um oh so-and-so died i said really said yeah they went out for dinner he thought he'd eaten uh something uh, which had made him ill and he said i don't feel very well went home and um and he said to the wife i really don't feel very good and she thought it was maybe poisoning so they called the uh they, they called somebody from the hotel uh and then she went back to the room and he died so she called two other people in and they tried to do um artificial, you know, respiration and all that kind of stuff. And that didn't work either, so they had to call the ambulance in, and he'd just suffered a massive heart attack at the age of 50. The age of 50, for goodness sake. People are either, you know, living like the lady we mentioned earlier on this morning, to 105, or people are popping their clogs a little bit too early. But Raymond Briggs... I did see that, uh, that cartoon. I loved it, actually. I love, I love all the stuff that Raymond Briggs does. Terribly clever man. Uh, I also like Mick Inkpen. You won't know who he is unless you've got children. In which case, now you'll know why I like Mick Inkpen. There's also a feature on hating your job, say the Telegraph, why you need to change your mind. I never understand why people who hate their jobs stay with it. If you really don't, don't like a job, go and find something else that you do enjoy doing. But because otherwise it's a pointless exercise for all concerned. You imagine if you had somebody who was on the radio who didn't actually like being on the radio. I can't imagine why you wouldn't ever, ever like being on the radio. But there you go. You do get some people who go, oh, no, I'm too tired. I can't do this. I said, God, it must be one of the best jobs in the entire world. Um, What have we got here? The prep school pupils upsetting the neighbours. This is a posh prep school. Um, I think it was uh, William and Harry's prep school. But the neighbours there have claimed that residents... Uh, the neighbours of Clay, sorry, they, they, there's too much noise. It's been made uninhabitable inhabitable, by the behaviour of the pupils uh, from the former prep school of William and Harry. Residents complained about balls over their fences and screaming from the Weatherby schoolyard. I mean, th- but that's what children do. Children get excited, they shout, they scream, they do throw balls. All you've got to do is throw it back again. It's not exactly like 24 hours a day, is it? It's only during schooling hours where, where people you know, do these kind of things. And you just have to accept, if you live near a school, and it's been there for quite some time, you're going to get kids screaming and shouting. That's what they do. Kids scream for no reason. No reason at all. They just scream. And I admit, it can be earth-shattering. Just close the windows. Makes it so much easier than moaning about it, doesn't it? Uh, The Times this morning, Up Close and Personal with Trump by Michael Gove. And apparently, sex after 50 is fabulous. What, 51, 52? Because I live at 17, so I don't know whether or not, you know, there's going to be any more joy uh, further up the road. Trump broadside stuns Europe. And uh, on the River Tay at Kenmore, it's the start of, the start of, come on, salmon fishing season. Salmon? I didn't know we had salmon in our room, but I'm assuming, I just assume they were all up in Scotland. In those sort of things, because the Queen Mother was a great... Fisherwoman. She used to love going out uh, fishing. Uh, there's also a shortage of. Wait for this one. Better get them in quickly. Courgettes. Why? Because the rain in Spain causes pain in the plains, which is where they they do the cor- uh, the courgettes. And so they they're coming in quite expensive, quite expensive. And I think what you have to do is you have to. So if you if you're a courgette fan, get them today. Um, a teenager drove around the Surrey commuter belt, good Lord, uh, with a passenger who shot cats from his car. What sort of people are these? What sort of people are they? Um, I I mean, I really can't understand why anybody would ever do anything like that. Um, they, they found them guilty, but adjourned sentencing at the moment. This is Frankie Mills, who was 18, slowed down to allow his unidentified passenger to shoot the animals with an air rifle. One of the cats was killed. Six others were badly injured. He pleaded guilty to seven charges of criminal death. He's obviously somebody who's a bit... Perhaps there's something the matter with him. Perhaps he's got a few screws loose. But uh, he was the driver, and it was his air rifle that was used. They were searching for cats. It's absolutely dreadful. This is between March the 20th and April the 1st last year. The judge says, clearly I'm going to be leaving all options open for this. Uh, and that obviously includes custody. These are serious offence. Thank God for that. What sort of sick people are they? What sort of sick people go out deliberately shooting animals from a car in Surrey? Which is supposed to be fairly upmarket, although actually he comes from... From a place called Farncombe. I don't know anything about Farncombe at all. We're quite clear they've got people like that there. You don't want to be there, do you, really? Sounds a bit naff. Hope of a refund on tickets for strike hit commuters. Do we still get that? We still get a refund if the train doesn't run or it hasn't got the facilities that we expect on there, like toilets that work. That'd be quite a nice one. Although I don't have any complaints about South Western. I know most of your complaints at the moment are directed towards Southern. Uh, like they can do anything about the unions who seem to want to go on never-ending strike. I don't know They just don't close down Southern, put in another company and let them deal with it that way. A critical decision on draconian laws penalising newspapers could be delayed for, for months. The government submitted papers to the High Court defending its decision to publish a consultation paper on Section 40 of the Crime and Courts Act, which would force newspapers to pay legal costs even if they won a libel case. Do you know, they've got so many things to sort out, haven't they, the government? Makes you wonder whether or not it's actually possible to do to do anything without it taking years and years and years. You know, as they, they can't sort out the borders. They've got no idea how to sort out the borders. Uh, and don't let America rush you into a bad trade deal, Theresa May has been warned. Isn't she going to feature on the front of Vogue? Did I read somewhere that uh, Theresa May was going to be was going to be featured on Vogue magazine, perhaps wearing those very expensive leather trousers, I shouldn't wonder.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I
1: think we'll have to go and work for Haringey Council because they pay on the 15th of the month. My entry is just as long to get to the next bit, isn't it? Don't worry, it'll all be back to normal very, very shortly when you get paid. Real Manuka honey has a, has a rating, UR, UMF or something. Some don't have it and will not have the medical benefits. Yeah, it's only, only genuine Manuka honey, says Manuka on it. And generally, if you buy it in, say, Holland and Barrett or somewhere like that, it's got a sticker on there so you can't because people nick it because it's so expensive. Ridiculous. Uh, It's the excitement, Steve, of every motorway journey, which is an adventure. How can you ever be bored? The longer the journey, the bigger the adventure. Oh, God, no. I mean, seriously not. It's not an adventure going on a motorway, Jimmer. It really isn't. It's just it's like driving on a motorway. And and there's nothing to do. It's boring. If you're a passenger in a car, I can understand. You know, you sit there and you can sort of look at other cars, stick your tongue out. That's fairly popular, isn't it? You know, and sort of go, ooh, wave at people. But, you know, if you're the driver, it's very dull and uninteresting. First motorway was the Preston Bypass. Now the M6, says Stan. It's amazing how many motorway anoraks we appear to have. And somebody else says the first motorway was the M6, known as the Preston Bypass. Uh, Marilyn says, you didn't believe me about Patisserie Valerie selling toasted cheese and tomato. I had one yesterday and we'll have another one today. No, I don't believe you. Sorry. You're just making it up. You're not in Patisserie Valerie at all. <laughs> You're in Starbucks, aren't you? I uh, totally agree, Steve, about motorway driving. The thinking about having nothing to look at in the motorway is. It would be considered a distraction. If someone's busy looking at billboards rather than the road or other cars, it could cause an accident. I'm surprised they've let us have road signs, says Carol. What they should do is sort of remove the road signs to make money from the scrap metal. Have you have you seen, though, you go through some, some contraflows and it's road signs all over the place. But you know what people don't get nowadays? They don't understand. They think that when it says, and it's on, I think, the M3, uh, M25, uh, they're supposed to be doing road works. I've never seen anybody working on it. Seriously, I mean, perhaps they're, they're sort of keeping it going as long as they can and uh, you go through there and it goes you know this is 55 miles an hour 40 miles an hour whatever it happens to be and you're timed so there's no flashing cameras you're timed between here and here and it's no good changing lanes because it's got your number logged in and the cameras cover all three light lanes I can't speak this morning and uh, so that's how And you get people who bomb down there you know this sort of flash you get out of the way and you go no we're doing 40 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour i stoically sit there I really do, but I mean, I, I don't uh, consider signs a distraction. I really don't, actually. I, I, um, I actually sort of quite think because it, you know you could look at other cars, you look at the motorway signs above the motorway. So why would you not, why would you not be able to look at uh, at, uh, at adverts? The secretary Steve for our advertising uh, team tried to get a dinner at the Ivy a few years back, and um, uh, with no luck. So we went back and said we were the editor of the Field magazine. And so they accepted immediately. Yeah, I think that's an apocryphal story. I mean, it is easy to get a table at the Ivy if you're calling at the right time. If you're calling at the weekend, you want a table for six. They're not going to be able to accommodate you. But uh, I've never had any trouble. Uh, Will Guyatt says, I play guess the accent of the next LBC caller on the motorway. Yes, that could be quite a good game to play, couldn't it? Really, I suppose. Uh, somebody says uh, Steve Collie, Nolan still eating and crying on Big Brother. Yes, I mean there is a lot of a lot of crying actually, and uh, and Georgina says the A one used to be the main road, then the M one was made to relieve the congestion. All a bit backwards, and um, and somebody says, where did you buy your manuka honey from? An approved outlet. That's all I'm telling you. An approved outlet. And uh, and somebody says, Steve, uh, some people can't leave the job they don't like because they probably wouldn't earn the same money elsewhere. But then, the, you know what? I don't understand that. If you're in a job that you really don't like, does the money come into it? Yeah. Shelley says, I get paid on the 15th uh, of the month uh, after for 19 years, paid on the 23rd. Psychologically, it feels shorter between paydays. <laughs> of course, in the real world, it isn't shorter at all. It just means you have to sort of wait for these kind of things. Uh, the front pages of the papers, The Guardian Uh, is uh, the story here. Black Lives Matter. Will it survive the Trump era? That'll be an interesting one. Didn't they have a big thing? Was Nando's printing uh, things saying everybody's welcome here. They're not doing they've offered them as free sort of advertising without the the Nando's name on it. They've just said everybody's welcome to come and eat here. Uh, Trump threat to quit NATO is reckless, says Defence Chair. This is all on the front of the Guardian. Murray's off to a winning start. Uh, The Times this morning May sets out hard Brexit vision um, in a bid to calm the markets. Trump broadside stuns Europe. Uh, The Rolls-Royce payout, which we mentioned earlier on, and the picture is the start of the salmon fishing season. I really can't... We do have a lot of listeners who fish on this programme. A lot of people who enjoy fishing. I am not one of them. Uh, It's the Telegraph that tells you women are treated like cattle in maternity units. Uh, Davidson, this is Ruth Davidson has called for more support for the Halo Trust this is Diana's landmine charity and they want more money there plus the Tunisia police delayed the beach massacre action Uh, a hearing was told a local investigation criticised some police for waiting as they made their way to the scene of the killings Uh, the prep school pupils were upsetting the neighbours very noisy these children children should be seen but not heard unfortunately kids don't see it that way Eating disorders sitting middle-aged women. Did you see in the Big Brother house when they had Angie Best and they stuck her on television yesterday, as they, as you knew they would, uh, to uh, to talk about uh, why she was telling Colleen Nolan. They all seem to think Colleen Nolan's being bullied in there. But in fact, the language she's come up with is possibly the worst I've ever heard. Seriously. And she makes no effort to do any exercise. In fact, she's just literally slumped down in a chair, lights up another cigarette and that's it. Why is she not doing exercise? Why is she not using the time in there? To be, uh, you know, to be a health-conscious person. She's not just sitting there looking like some sort of lump. And then she cries, you know, if people criticise her. Pfft, can't have it always, can you, dear? Mind you, I wonder how she'd actually answer her own question. She has an agony aunt column, which appeared, I think, today in the papers. How she's managed to do that from inside the Big Brother house, I'll never know. Uh, also, uh, a stone-throwing, knife-carrying bully boy, Donald the Menace, Holmes Under the Hammer... This is uh, the case of Sherlock and the missing viewers. They're disappearing, aren't they? I think because you're bored with things like that, aren't you? I think you, you, there's obviously certain programmes that you want to watch on the television. And, and then there's other programmes. And then there's sort of the programmes that they think you want to watch. And it turns out you don't want to watch. You certainly don't seem to be wanting to watch Gary Barlow anytime soon. As he searches for somebody to play... In a boy band with Take That songs. Sounds ultimately dreary. Much as I think Take That are brilliant. But, uh, but the show itself is not producing anything interesting. Uh, the Daily Mirror on the four-page special on what's keeping you awake and how to cure it. The amount of people who say to me, I listen to the programme, Steve, every day from 4am. I wake up at 4am and I listen to the programme religiously all the way through. There are other people who wake up and they can't get back to sleep. And they're so desperate to go to sleep. And, uh, and they can't do anything about it. But there are certain things you can do. To help you actually get some sleep, you know, drinking coffee before you go to bed is not good. Drinking alcohol before you go to bed is not good for you. Eating before you go to bed is not good for you. Getting some exercise before you go to bed is good. But if you've been sitting slumped like a couch potato in front of the television for most of the evening, you're not going to be sleeping when you go to bed. Me, I climb into bed, I'm out like that. I mean, so fast. It literally must be seconds. You could probably time me in bed but i climb in it doesn't i'm out just i mean literally fast i've I've got a dvd player and it plays old shows and things like that i don't think i've ever managed to get all the way through a show i mean i get throughout the first i get the the intro to it and i'm gone and i wake up and i put the whole series on so it just keeps going uh singer's family hits out no the singer's family hasn't hit out for george michael this is andros who's blasted faddy he doesn't know anything about it He's, uh, he's just pronounced last time. Remember, George Michael did not speak to, uh, to Andros for years, and I wasn't aware that he'd spoken to him recently. Um, he wasn't there when he died. Uh, George was with his boyfriend for four years, and now the uh, the cousin, who he didn't talk to, is spouting off all over the place. It's all terribly dreary and terribly unnecessary. As I say, he was the cousin that George didn't want to talk to. So that, uh, that tells you a lot. Uh, Oli Murs, his brother, his twin has ditched the family name in this feud. It's now got that bad. The other day, we thought we were, we were sort of coping with it. They both live in the same sort of area, around sort of Chelmsford. You'd think that they would actually want to be, you know, talking to each other, but, but not. This is after Olly Mers decided to stick with the X Factor and not be best man at his brother's wedding. It's a twin. It's a twin. You know, and there's nothing you can do about it. If they fall out, they fall out. And they've obviously fallen out for years. And now the mother said she wasn't. Then she thought she'd stop walking and all that kind of stuff. Because it's obviously really got so bad. And now the brother said that uh, he wants to take away the name Murs. Doesn't like that name at all. He wants to sort of disown it. It's terrible, isn't it, really? and uh, Dave says uh, I also have had a cheese toast at Patisserie Valerie no honestly people are just making up these stories nowadays they're ridiculous why you keep saying these things I've got no idea Uh, Steve watched Big Brother last night a bunch of old bags those girls are especially the one from Geordie Shaw just rude and disgusting just rude and disgusting that apparently is what we seem to watch on television I think we don't Jasmine Waltz has been kicked out of the house uh, because she was just too disgusting and uh, it's embarrassing really You feel like sort of getting not interested in them, but getting their their parents on the television and going, is this really your daughter? Is that what you brought her up to be like? You brought her up to behave like that on television with that sort of language. I mean, really dreadful. Tony says, I hate being a passenger in a car. I used to drive The motorways have taken all the joy out of driving. Oh, I hate being a passenger, but I do love driving. I'm I'm a driving addict, a driving addict. I do like driving. There's something nice about driving. I don't want to do country roads. So I, I like doing main, main, are we keeping you up or something that? Uh, I like doing main roads, but I, I do like driving. I don't, I, I don't like driving in the rain. I don't like driving in the snow. I dreamt about snow last night, but I dreamt about snow in a house we used to have in Berkshire. And for some reason, I'm in my bedroom, which I remember vividly, and I look out the window and it starts snowing. It was a bit, bit like a scene from "The Snowman" by Raymond Briggs, and that featured in my dream last night. I'm having very
0: odd dreams, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to 7, Daily Star front page. George Lover lying about Star's death. This is the cousin jumping on the bandwagon of trying to get his uh, fizzog in the papers. As I say, he doesn't know anything. That's, he's not even been in the country, I don't think. And, uh, and he says here he's, been a, he's accusing Faddy of telling lies about the superstar's tragic death. I mean, well, they've had an autopsy. They've had an autopsy. You have to kind of go by what the autopsy says. As I say, we've uh, we've had we've had uh, um, dealings with Andros before who seems to think he, he knows everything about it, but I don't think he knew anything about George's relationships, about his drugs, because, uh, unfortunately, really, and the law as it stands, is that if somebody's dead, you can say anything you like about them. You can't libel them. He could say he was doing drugs up until the end, he was doing crystal meth, he was doing everything. We don't know. This hasn't shown up in the autopsy. So uh, maybe he doesn't know as much as he likes to think he does. But he's had his five minutes of fame. Thank you very much indeed. In one of the papers, I demand justice for my cousin George. Hmm didn't like you did he really that was the problem Uh, also olivia newton john says she's grateful for her breast cancer she was diagnosed with the illness you know she's 68 i interviewed olivia newton john six i mean admittedly she wasn't 68 then but she was in her uh, 60s she's raised millions for breast cancer research east ender star kelly bright has revealed she gave birth to her second child in november that's lovely they always have to tell you don't they You know, I've just given birth to a child. Although if you're the Fahir sisters, you just sort of flog it to a a magazine. And um, that kind of goes down quite well. A jockey allegedly risked all for love by bumping into rival horses so his girlfriend could win a race. It's a very odd one, this one. And uh, this dangerous move helped Anna Jordso's horse, Marty, win by half a length in South Australia. Oh, South Australia. He's already been criticised before for something else. I think he pinched a whip off uh, somebody. Yeah, he tried to steal a rival, riddle, rider's whip during a race and was fined $500. Uh, there's a poor film producer left badly blistered when his bullet blew up, showering him with red-hot liquid and plastic shard. Why would it be red-hot liquid? What do you put in a neutral I thought you put vegetables in a bullet and you make a smoothie. Why would it be red-hot liquid? Apparently, he, uh, the trendy blender's blade suddenly began to speed up. He was making a health drink. Well, a hot health drink. I've never heard of that before, have you? Anyway, he says here moments later exploded, splattering him in a scalding peanut butter, honey and coconut gloop. God, what a revolting combination. What well, a surprise. Is that one of the recipes that comes with it? Dear Lord, I don't know. And da, 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 Amir Khan, of course, in most of the papers today, sorry to mention it for fans of Amir Khan, he's been caught out. A sex video. Yes, Amir Khan. This is the I'm-so-good-a-boy, this is my wife, Uh, these are my parents, they're not very pleasant. They've criticised my wife because she won't wear traditional Muslim dress, and here's me making a sex video. I'm hoping that maybe Mr and Mrs Khan, Mummy and Daddy, as we refer to them on the programme, will be having a quiet word with him saying, you're in the papers today. A sex video? Apparently it's doing the rounds in America and you can find it on the internet here as well. It's a bit tragic, isn't it, really? It's obviously not the marriage we maybe thought it was. But there again, he does have slight history. Ali Ross has got uh, history as well because he writes a very, very good column. I like Kevin as well. Kevin was excellent. We like Kevin. But, um, you know, Ali Ross, both both as good as each other, I think. Although uh, we did like... Uh, Who was that other one we liked? Marina Hyde. She was very good. Very, very good. She could write some really bitter stuff. He says Piers is the tool that finally has fixed breakfast telly, and um, and they say no man is an island, but they clearly never had to watch Piers Morgan three days a week, for he is Fantaskagar, the Porkney Islands, and La Isla de Morgan in the Lost Sea of Piers. He uh, deserted on his own volcanic mountain of self-regard. He receives a thousand love letters in a bottle every day, all written by himself, which is quite sweet. But he had to go at that woman, you know, the woman who sent her her child out wearing 300 pound little booties. And they came back with marks on them. And, uh, and he laid into her. He said, you're not a good mother at all. Who sends a kid out in, uh, in three? And she said, what would you do? He said, I wouldn't have sent a kid out in 300 pound shoes. Ridiculous woman, self-attention seeking. Luckily, she's disappeared, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, the Antiques Roadshow is still going on. Uh, random tv irritation today can only be sugar-free farm giving Gemma collins another chance to demonstrate that she's charmless spoilt malingering waste of hectares i don't know why people ever book her for anything she's the most boring person on the planet she's neither funny interesting any personality she's just miss sourpuss a really embarrassing waste of space everybody said that how she's managed to last this long i suppose they probably said to her listen you know don't don't sort of bother coming on the programme if you're going to give up after two days like you did in the jungle. In fact, actually, most things she lasts about five minutes at. Uh, Casey says, uh, I've eaten at the Ivy many times, which is lovely. And uh, Karen says, to solve this disagreement, I've had to look up Patisserie Valerie's menu. And they do a toasted cheese and tomato sandwich. Honestly, you people who fib something chronic, I can't imagine why. Why are you telling me these things? Karen, really disgraceful. And, um... Uh, somebody says, "I know you don't rate yourself as a star. I'm not a star radio presenter. Goodness sake, honestly, even my boss doesn't think I'm a star." He says, "But you like driving. Would you like to do the uh, the star in a reasonably priced car on Top Gear?" No, I'm not. A, I'm not. am not a petrol head. I absolutely am not a petrol. I couldn't care less about cars. I mean, I really couldn't care less about cars. I'm not remotely bothered. All I know is that you put petrol in one end, and I think that's about it. Actually, I've got a duster inside. If, the, if the, the carpeting gets a little bit messy, which it doesn't very often, you know, dog hairs or something, and I sort of do that. But I mean, I'm not a petrolhead. I couldn't care less about cars. I'm really the most un car person you could ever meet in your life. I, I have a nice car, but that's only because I, I quite like something a bit big to drive in. I like the idea of having a big car. I've had little cars, medium sized cars, average sized cars, average priced cars. Now I've got sort of a slightly bigger car which is a lot easier. You can get much more rubbish in the boot in this one than you could in the Mini. In the Mini, you couldn't get anything in at all. Just about get two umbrellas and a fire extinguisher in there, which seemed a pointless place to put it in the first place. But there you go, that was the way I was. But I'm definitely not a petrolhead. I watch Top Gear because I like watching the presenters. I watch a programme for the skill of the presenters and how entertaining they can make something which normally, for me, would be very dull... So when I watch any of the boys on Top Gear and they're showing repeats, well, on my television now, it's fairly old television, but they're, they're showing repeats of all the Top Gear. And it's so brilliant. I don't want to watch some bloke out of Friends presenting it. I'm really not remotely interested. I'm sorry. We've got enough presenters in this country who do a better job. They should never have got rid of them from Top Gear, you know, and they proved it on their Amazon programme. They walked it. They walked it. The programmes are beautifully made. Excellent, excellent, excellent. But I just like watching the presentational skills. That's the bit I like. Much better. I was watching a, a presenter the other day who's done a quiz. He's, he's got a, a, sort of a, a sort of a daytime quiz on one of the channels. It could be BBC. And I think his name is Rick somebody. Anyway, the filth that he does on another channel with another quiz, which has got some non-entities on, is almost beggaring belief how on earth he's managed to move into mainstream. I can't imagine. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But I do, like, I do like good presentation. And that's why I think the Top Gear people... When you see good presentation, you know it works. When you watch Phil and uh, and that's Vickery or or Pip as well or Holly or Fern or any of these sort of people they've got that gift of presenting programs to make it look Effortless. They make it look as though it's just, it must be easy peasy. It's like listening to radio presenters. Some radio presenters, they breeze through the programme. They don't have any problem with it. They don't stumble over their words. Well, I do occasionally. But, you know, you try and get it as good as you possibly can. You know, people still say to me, is your programme scripted? I got, God knows, if it was scripted, it'd be funnier. But uh, we don't do scripting programmes. But some people do it effortlessly. Other people have great difficulty with it. And they can't make it sound as if it's just natural. So when I wander through the papers, which I've done for for donkey's years, you know, it is easy for me. I've just got to read out loud. It's like, you know, a newsreader. They're auto-queuing. Not difficult. Uh, Jack Nicholson is retiring. Is retiring. Uh, Callum, talentless best. Claim to fame, nothing. Nothing about the people he's bedded. That's the only thing. He apparently went out with Kim Kardashian and apparently is still in contact with the family, depending on whether you believe it or believe it not. The Daily Express have the tribute to Scylla as uh, she gets a statue. Nick Knowles, his stress almost ruined his life. And uh, we will get clean break from the EU. That's the news you've been waiting for. Plus, very quickly, the Daily Mail... The, P- pardon me, the PM bold 12-point plan for Brexit, rejecting any deal that leaves us half in, half out. We will regain control of the borders and break free from EU judges. You can read uh, all of that in the mail today, plus all the other stories. Thank you very much indeed for your company. For Tuesday, I'm going to be talking to, uh, to Carson, the butler from Downton. Today, Jim Carter, who's going to be in, married to Imelda Staunton like an acting dynasty in their family, both very, very busy. How they find time to see each other, I do not know. And, of course, he was in Brassed off and we love Brassed off You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Go to the LBC website, download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. It's lbc.co.uk. And you get a free podcast every day where I'm particularly rude about certain people, but they deserve it, believe you me. Follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show, leading Britain's conversation at 10 It's James O'Brien. I'm back tomorrow morning at four, but right now it's Nick Ferrari at breakfast.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.